Hello and thank you for listening to episode 61 of 60 Minutes with I'm Dave and this is the October slash November entertainment show for 2016. Joining me, of course, all the way from the Midlands uh, is a man who is currently sat there with two small children suckling on his breasts. It's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to say to that. Um, more like I've got I'm covered in baby sick. That's uh, you know it's, it's kind of forgotten what it was like. You know, when my daughter's four years old now. But uh, hello everybody. But uh, you, you kind of you you get to that point where yeah I've got sick on me. I don't care. I'm just going to carry on wearing the same clothes. There's no point in getting changed because you're just going to end up getting more sick on you. Yeah. So yeah. so but, instead um, of the smell of like brut or links. Or, sprut? or sexual panther, whatever you normally spray on yourself. You've just got like a, a faint hint of baby vomit. <laughs> yes, that's it. I walked into the house the other day after coming back from work and all I could smell was like vomit. <laughs> and I was just like, yep, yeah, I'm home. Yeah. It's fine. That's yeah, it. but what, I got like, what is brut? I thought it was, it was yeah. brute. There's no E on the end, is there? It, it would be brute if there was an E on the end. It's B-R-U-T. It's, it's brute, Dave. It's not brute. Oh, stop being so hot. It's brute. If well, you look at an advert on YouTube for brute, they'll say, by brute, only men wear it. Yeah, but it's like sly on like. <laughs> oh, just shut up. You're not going to win this one. It's brute. <laughs> well, as listeners may have already heard, we do have a third host today. Um, and she is sat not in the Midlands, but downstairs and currently has two middle-aged men suckling on her breasts. It's Dina. I wish. <laughs> Which two middle-aged men have oh, I got on each come breast? on. We all know about your special relationship with Jerry and Dave from the Bad Cop, Bad Cop show. Oh, I wish. See? See? There you go. I bit. wouldn't mind being tag-teamed by Jerry and Dave, actually. <laughs> I'm a bit upset, actually. You referred to me as middle-aged. And like, and then I thought, actually, I am fucking middle-aged. That's, oh, that's, that's quite scary. now, mate. There's no turning oh. back. I know. Fucking Does hell. Does that mean you're going to die when you're 80? Well, that's funnily enough. I was having this conversation with somebody at work. You know, it's like the realization is that if even if I live till I'm eighty, which you know, there's a big if, um, half my life is over. <laughs> you know? Oh God! I think I was getting to the point where I'm having those type of conversations. It's like, ooh, what have I done with my fucking life? But uh, no, I'm quite happy with the way things are. I don't feel like I'm forty. I'm sure, Dave, you don't feel like you're fifty-one. No, do I you? don't. No. I do you remember, don't look though. 40. No, he doesn't, does he? No, you're very fit. Yes, mm, thank you. And yes. firm. Firm, he's always got, firm. And you've got a great arse as well. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I've forgotten what it's like with you on the show, T, though. Dave doesn't ask me these questions or say oh. these, make, make these statements. Not in public, <laughs> anyway. Not, say, no, yeah, we not keep, on air. We keep Chris's firm arse talk off podcast. That's just on WhatsApp <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, it just, it, you know, I don't want to get a big head or anything like that. Well, not that big. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. As always, early on, we set the tone for the show. Um, I have to say, whilst you're on as well, and, and it's a good way to point listeners in the direction of the SOS show that you did. Um, was it not Enemy of the State? What was it called? Land of the Free. Land of the Free. Um <laughs> Yeah, I love those shows because um, I, I think we were going to do like an entertainment show, but I said, Dave, I'm, I'm I've got loads on at the minute, so why don't you do an SOS show? Because I love them. I think they're great. Um, so yes, that was brilliant, and and you were hilarious. 
um, the, the, the stuff at the end, like the punchline, it was like, it kind of reminded me of like Dave Allen, you know, and he's make these like long winded kind of jokes. And at the end, there'd be a big punchline. And it, when, when Dave said something about uh, cleaning a fucking face or something like that, and you just cracked up, it was hilarious. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have got another one to record because... Uh, oh, have we? Yes, don't sound so pained oh. about it. You love them, really. Come I bet on. You do really, Tina. You love them, don't you? No. I Actually, seriously, no. Really? No. <laughs> really? I, I just... Do you know how I managed to get through that SOS? Tell him, Dave, what you did ev- to me. I think everybody was quite clear from listening to it is copious amounts of gin. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he got me to do it. He got me rat assed on gin. Mm. <laughs> it worked though, didn't it? <laughs> no, but we got Frederick over in Sweden. He sent us a load of um, Swedish sweeties to eat while we record the next one. Uh, yeah. And I did watch a video of um, it was some Americans eating. I haven't got them to hand at the moment, or else I'd read out the name. Um, but apparently they're really salty, sour sweeties. And it's, it's this bunch of American college kids trying this Swedish like candy and just pulling the most bizarre faces and almost vomiting. So, yeah, we're going to be trying those in the next SOS show. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you should film it like uh, Dave said. You should, you know, film those moments. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I'd have to like put put like a sequin bra on and makeup. <laughs> and I don't know if I could be asked to be honest with you. Oh. Oh. Can you imagine me in a sequin bra, Chris? You know how big my boobs are. <laughs> yes. It it's would be thing. awful. Yeah. I feel bad saying this in front of, you know, Dave. <laughs> but he's going, yeah, Dave I do. Care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know exactly how big they are. <laughs> I could tell you the weight to the pound if you wanted me to, he says. <laughs> really? <laughs> Get on with it, Dave. Yeah, well, we're going to. Let's be polite then. Let's go ladies first. Come on, Tina, you can start. With what? Well, you know what? what I'm going to. What's what? entertained what? you over the last couple of months? What's entertained me over the last couple of months is oh, something absolutely amazing happened last Friday. Something that I've been waiting years for, and that was uh, Kate Bush released her live album of Before the Dawn. No, don't cheer, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you should also say um, that you were there as well. I you also you, Dave. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah, I've been a Kate Bush fan since I was about um, about fourteen when she was first on uh, Top of the Pop singing Wuthering Heights. And over the last sort of thirty odd years, I've slowly become obsessed with her, to the point—not to the point where you know, like I collect everything she does, and you know, like have scrapbooks, and you know, want to go around to her house and have sex with her, and then murder her, like a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> but going to see her really was a dream come true when she performed in the Hammersmith Odeon, and the night that we were there, they filmed it. And uh, we all had to, you know, they, they'd got signs as you went into the auditorium of the Hammersmith Odeon saying if you enter this room by entering it, you give permission to appear on whatever film is produced. And so, of course, Dave and I were really, really excited. It was the most amazing show. 
which I can barely remember because I I watched it through <laughs> hysterical <laughs> tears. You were. I'm sure but anybody listening to this, calm. anybody listening to this that has bought the new album from a, if you listen carefully, I'm sure at some point they'll hear you going, I love you, Kate. I love <laughs> you, Kate. I love you, Kate. But anyway, uh, she's given i think two or three interviews one was on radio six music and another in mojo magazine in both she states that there are no plans to release a dvd and i am gutted not just for me but for the millions of kate bush fans around the world who it was completely impossible for them to get to see this show i was lucky i've been a member of a fan site i don't pay you know but she's got a site called fish people um and so i had um what do you call it an early ticket yeah it's like early access isn't it uh, early access ticket so i got a code to get into the website and i managed to get two tickets and then we had to travel from wales and stay in london it was very expensive some people flew from america twice to yeah. see her a couple of times uh, like I said, you know, I, ca- I can't really remember that much of the show because I was so overcome that Kate Bush was on stage like five rows in front of me. That's a, It's a bit of a blur, really. So I was really looking forward to seeing it again. But um, anyway, the, the I actually bought it on vinyl, <laughs> even though I haven't got a record player. which is a bit pathetic really isn't it but there's a book with it but i bought it on cd as well and if you order off amazon you can download the album straight away and listen to it so i paint and when i paint i either listen to an audio book podcasts or music so i listen to kate and uh was just completely knocked out by it and i know that any fan would say that but there's so much in this album that I didn't realise was going on when I was actually sitting there listening to it live. Um, did make me fill up a bit, actually. She's just... Uh, I was quite amazed when she did go on tour, well, not tour, but performed these dates in London, that a lot of people was like, oh, Kate Bush, oh, she can sing. Of course she can sing <laughs> live. She was. What did you think, Dave? Did you think she got quite a strong voice when she sings? Oh yeah, I thought she was excellent. Yeah, she I mean, was I've, I've never been like a yeah. huge, like, well, definitely nowhere near as much as a, a fan as you have yeah. been over the years. But I've always liked her. Um, mm. But as far as like putting on a show and her voice and everything, it was just like yeah, amazing, spectacular show visually. Um, mm. But you know, audio wise, brilliant voice. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. You, yeah. Any uh, any opinion on Kate Bush, Chris? Bit before yeah. your time, really, I suppose. No, I mean, I like the the stuff that you've heard on the charts and and whatever. Yeah. You know, obviously running up that hill, like you said, yeah. Wuthering Heights, mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. So, I, like Dave, I guess I'm not a massive fan, but I, I yeah. you know, if she's on the radio, I'll, I'll listen to it. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm glad. You, I know you're a massive fan. I know you yeah. you've loved her for a long, long time, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, the album, it, if you like Kate Bush, the album, and you're sort of wondering whether or not you should buy the album, buy it, because it is just magical. And even though you can't 
if you weren't there, you can't imagine what was going on on the stage because it was a proper show with actors and stuff was going on. There was a boy in the middle of the stage with the ocean, helicopters, a film. I think you can you can watch the film on YouTube. There wasn't a real helicopter flew through like the yeah, theatre. Yeah, it was real. Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's but again, you know, I. I really hope that eventually she does bring the DVD out so so many people can watch yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, she doesn't need the money, though. Well, that's That's it. the thing with Kate Bush. Yeah. They're going to have just... to cut out that bit where you throw a knickers at her, though. That's maybe why it wasn't released. <laughs> but where they stick to her face and she goes, what the fuck are these? Because you'd peed yourself in excitement when she came on stage <laughs> and they were soaking wet. That's why it's not been released. It's your fault. I did. We had great seats, Chris. We were we were sitting five five rows from the front, really? um, and sort of next to me was Melvin Bragg. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was about three seats away from me. Very nice man, and about five rows back was Annie Lennox. Bloody hell! You got so better seats than Annie Lennox. Yeah. And she she was really horrible as well always been a massive Eurythmics fan and love Annie Lennox but she was horrendous that night to people coming up to her there were a lot of famous people in the audience that night and everybody was really happy to be there and friendly and there was no aggression everybody was just sort of incredulous that we were going to see Kate Bush and people were going up to Annie Lennox and going are you Annie Lennox? Like, oh, you know, oh, wow, Annie. And she was like, no, no, she wouldn't sign anything. And she was More just... miserable twat. Mm. Yeah, she was really upset me a lot, actually, you know. But anyway, but uh, when Kate Bush came onto the stage, I think I spent the first at least three minutes crying, didn't I, Dave? Oh, you I couldn't did. believe... Yeah, I couldn't believe she was in front of... I really could not believe that I was getting to see. Because you just never think, you know, when you really, really like somebody. Like Tom Waits, I've been lucky enough, Dave and I saw Tom Waits in Edinburgh quite a few years ago. And I was a bit shell-shocked at that because I, I just never thought I would ever see Tom Waits live. And we travelled to Edinburgh to see him. And he was amazing. And I was really worried that... Cause Dave and I have very different different musical tastes. I thought Dave's going to really hate this, but you liked it, didn't you, Dave? Oh, it's an amazing Tom show, yeah. And again, but seeing had... Kate Bush, yeah, what it is, I can't compare it to anything. There is no no comparison to seeing Kate Bush for me. She's the one. And when she walked on stage and was and there she was, even now uh, the hackles on my neck come up because I'm a werewolf. <laughs> what is it about Kate Bush that you you love? Uh, you know, it, the music, the personality, what is it? It's it's not really a... I couldn't say that it was a personality. I, I have, have this thing where... I th- and Dave is different to me. Dave's all film, aren't you, Dave? Yeah. And I'm more music. And I really fall in love with people who I think are singing my song. So every song that Kate Bush sings, she's singing it for me or to me, like Crowded House. I love Crowded House and every song that they sing, they're either singing it for me or to me or about me. Same with Tom Waits, same with Metallica, same with Slayer, same with Motley Crue. (laughs) And I know that sounds really weird, 
but I really I they touch something in me um they sing to my soul basically mm. and Kate Bush does that more than anybody and uh, Tony Bennett does as well <laughs> who you've seen as well <laughs> who I've seen as well I've been very lucky the people that I've seen live sing but Kate Bush is nothing will ever surpass Kate Bush for me and from what I've seen on Twitter Dave you're going to be like that next year aren't you Ooh, is it, yes. it is next year isn't it it is yeah yeah kiss kiss tour in the UK again first time since going, 2010 you're going to everyone I'm going to all four yeah Glasgow <laughs> Glasgow Birmingham Manchester and then London you mentalist. So he, he is way to all listeners out there. Is there anybody going to see Kiss in Glasgow? Can Dave stay at your house, please? Yeah. Is there anybody going to see Kiss in London? Please, could Dave stay at your house? <laughs> yeah, well, I thought, it's like, well, I've seen them 26 times up to now, and then I saw they were, they've got four gigs over here, and I thought, well, that'll round it up to 30. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got to get all four, <laughs> just in case they don't tour over here again. I did see them in 2012 when they did the, the Help for Heroes show over here. But, you know, as far as like a tour, they haven't done one for, uh, what, they, it'll be seven they years. They won't tour when they're in their 70s, because how old's Paul now? He's about 76, isn't He's he? He's not. 78. No, I think Gene's, what, 67 now? 89, Gene is. Yeah, he'll still be doing it when he's 89. <laughs> you know how much he loves the bloody money. He will be yeah. out there. They'll just, yeah. They'll have pla- you, platform Zimmer sing, frames Chris? they'll have coming on. Do you, do you, when you hear music, do you sing along to it? I do. When I, I used to listen to music in the car. I, yeah. or, you know, I don't listen to music anymore. I just listen to podcasts. So, uh, But I do, yeah, when, I'm, when I get into it. If ever, uh, Dave, I've known Dave for about 12, 12 years now, Dave, and we'll be in the car or in the kitchen and I sing and I'm like dancing around and I sing really loud and I know all the words and I'm just like singing, Dave, no, and I'll go, I'll pretend I'm holding a microphone, I'll go, da, 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 and then I'll hold the microphone to Dave and he just goes, I'm just singing, no, I'm not doing it, <laughs> Dave. When he goes to see Kiss, stands, he not only dances, and I mean dance, in a sort of rock man way, <laughs> but he sings non-stop at the top of his voice, Chris. Really? Every single song. Yeah. I just, we, I've only ever, well, I've seen Kiss twice with Dave, and the second time was in the MEN in Manchester, and I spent more time looking at Dave than I did at Paul Stanley. Mm. Are you going with him or are you going on your own day? Yeah, only to Manchester. Okay. Yeah, we're both going to Manchester. Yeah, I'm I not allowed it's... to go to the other three because he's hoping to shag like one. Paul Stanley. Uh, yeah. Paul Stanley <laughs> and Jean. Yeah. No, I think it's like with you with Kate Bush though, Tina. It's like whenever I go to see Kiss, it's like when I first discovered them in 79. Every time I see them, even though, well, I'll be like almost 52 next time, I just revert back to that 14 year old. It's like, oh my god, look who it is. <laughs> they're superheroes. Oh, so they're not, though, are they? They're old men with great big well. Jewish saggy balls now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the size of Gene Simmons' balls when he takes his trousers off at night? And he's, he's got his little, <laughs> his, his nice little onesie that he wears to go Dave. to bed in. <laughs> That's where he wears a codpiece. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about balls then. You were. It took a while. Oh. It's about 20 minutes before you got to the subject of balls. <laughs> We've done well. 
you didn't. Um, but Gene Simmons, he, he's had a fair few women in his time, from what I understand, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, uh, 3,000, so many hundred, apparently, yeah. Oh, it's bollocks. Oh, I'm a woman, I wouldn't fuck him. I might, <laughs> I might have fucked Paul just because of the gay angle, because, you know, he looks like he likes a bit of bumming, and us girls love a bit of bumming, don't we? You know, but Gene, oh my God, no way. No, he's lying. Oh, he's not. No, he's not. You, he is. You would, wouldn't you, Dave? Oh, I would, in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, so, I mean, looking at a picture of him now, it's like, it's four years old, but his hair, it looks weird. It's, it rivals <laughs> Trump, doesn't it, for, you know, the most outrageous hair. It's so weird, isn't it? It's just, it's not... Is it a wig, or...? It's a Brillo pad. You just, like, wash your pots with it. <laughs> I like the way he parts it in the middle. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, just put put that in the chat for you. There you go. Okay. Picture of Gene Simmons. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. oh, he's just come up. Oh yeah, yeah, with his helmet hair. He does look like he's going to crash out. Right, well, music then. We've covered Kate Bush, we've covered Kiss. Um, it's not often we talk about music, so I doubt there's any other sort of music chat. Although, actually, having said that, I've got a little bit of music chat, but I'm going to save it right for the very end of the show. I'm going to tease you both with that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave you with like that tease. When you tease me. There you go. So, yeah. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to keep going right till the end, Chris, before you get that release. <laughs> that music well, release. Job, I'm going to give you. <laughs> Um, before we started recording, I know, Chris, you mentioned, well, let's move on to television because you uh, mentioned a, a show to me and Tina before we came on air. So, um, do you want to start talking about that one, mate? I've literally, I watched the first episode about an hour before we started recording. So it is uh, hot off the press, I guess. But everybody's been talking about Westworld, mm. uh, saying how amazing it is, how it rivals Game of Thrones in terms of its storytelling and uh, its production. And, it, you know, people are kind of comparing it to, to that. Um, so first episode, I mean, it's obviously based on the Michael Crichton. Um, did he direct the original movie? Or I know he wrote it, didn't he? He wrote but... it, yeah, off the top of my head. I'm going to guess and say yes without checking. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. So... I, will I will check while you talk, though. <laughs> That's, I think he did. I could be completely wrong here. But, yeah, so it's... it's um, For anybody who's seen that, it's been a long time since I've seen Westworld, I must admit. Um, but it's... Well, essentially, like, they did the same version with Jurassic Park. Is You know, they set up this... Uh, th this world, this place where paying people, paying guests can go and fulfil their fantasies um, whether that's if you want to be a uh, you know, a badass kind of gunslinger or you just want to shag loads of prostitutes, uh, do it guilt free, uh, kind of go on like this vacation and, and all of the uh, inhabitants the, the well the robots at this stage uh, that the or synthetics or whatever you want to call them that's sort of basically um, they're just going about their business and they have no memory uh, of these things that are happening to them so if they get shot killed raped murdered they wake up the next morning and then they do exactly the same as they did the day before you know and kind of like restart their program and all that sort of stuff um but then as with like i said other Crichton 
uh, books, uh, you know, say with Jurassic Park and things like that. It's things go wrong. And so it's it's very early days at this point, but you've got Ed Harris who plays, uh, well, this badass as far as I can tell at this point. Don't know too much about his character other than he's a nasty person and uh, has no qualms about killing people and raping them. Um, and then there's, there's something more to his character at this stage, which I'd, I've been keen to avoid spoilers mm-hmm. uh, or tried my best to avoid spoilers but it's inevitably a little bit difficult even when p- people say in the office oh I didn't see that twist coming automatically <laughs> you're thinking I'm looking for a fucking twist now yeah. um, and, and I'm, I'm, I don't click on IMDB just to even look at the characters because it's like one of those things if you look at a character and they've been in the show for only a few episodes you think well they're going to get killed off or they're yeah. going to disappear or something stupid you know what I mean it's just it's going to be irritating for me so i've tried to avoid it as best as possible um i I like it so far you've got anthony hopkins uh who plays like the creator of all this world um and you're not too i'm not too sure about you obviously you've watched more than i have this but you don't know what he's obviously well i say obviously he's disillusioned by it he's uh he's not sort of very happy with the direction and the way things are going in terms of you know he's got lots of other people working for him you've got jeffrey wright who uh works at this company and services uh not in that way the uh, sort of like (laughs) (laughs) the robots uh and um oh what's her name evan she plays like rachel wood Yes, who I think's gorgeous. I think she's uh, she was in True Blood for a few episodes. I don't know if you did. You watch that, Tina? Yeah, yeah, I loved True. Well, except for the end of it. Yeah, I, I never got True to the Blood end. Yeah. I was, it went a bit stupid. I must admit. I mean, it, it, when it got to the whole fairies thing and everything else, uh, it, it was kind of like that's my, when I dived out of it. Was when yeah, that happened. Yeah. I'm only watching this for the fucking well, literally for the fucking and the tits and you know uh, and, and whatever. I'm kind of I've checked out of this now, so we didn't bother watching it. I'm like I watched that with Kay, and then she watched it because she likes uh, what's his face, Stellan Skarsgård, um, particularly when he lost his grungy look after the first series, and he kind of like had short hair because she liked Bill at first, uh, and then she went on to oh god what was his name it was Stellan Skarsgård isn't it but what, is it is it not Stellan? oh um Eric Eric that's him yeah. yes Eric the vampire yeah uh, I him too yeah so um so far it's very intriguing uh, obviously like I said it's I've only watched the first episode uh, but I can see that I'm gonna like it uh, you've got James Marsden who's uh, appears in it as well um Tandy Newton who's only been in it very briefly at this point so mm-hmm. um really enjoying it um it's fairly graphic um i haven't seen you know it, it you're getting people shot obviously because uh set in this cowboy world so um but yeah it's it's good so far like i said it's it's too early to judge other than i've liked what i've seen yeah. so without spoiling it for me because i know you're notorious with tv shows dave oh, God, you check yeah. out of them quite early Very often. so you're probably the best person <laughs> to ask about this has it grabbed you yeah we watched um episode nine um, I think was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah, we watched episode nine yesterday. Um, there was a little bit of a lull. I've got to admit, just for me. Yeah, there is, through. isn't there? Yeah, there's a little I, bit of a lull. I can remember saying to you, if this doesn't pick up, I might knock it on yeah. the head. I do sort of take series through to the bitter end. Dave drops out. 
Yeah, but, there's um, not there's not many TV series that I do stick to the end. Mm. To be honest, but with this, yeah, I, I'm I'm really into it at the moment. Um, so each no. revelation that happens, sort of two thirds of the way through each episode after the lull, which is about sort of episode four, isn't it? Hmm. It picks up from then, and you start going, oh. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh. It's, it's definitely a series that you can't you can't have on in the background and you know playing yeah. your phone. You, you've really got to pay attention to it because there's a lot. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, you mentioned Tandy Newton, and this this is one if you've seen her before. If if you ever wanted to see um, her boobs, bush, and bum, you, you're <laughs> going to see a lot of it all the way through because there's so there is so much nudity because we were talking about this and we said like you know she's obviously so brave because the amount of yeah. nudity with her uh, character specifically uh, and a lot of the other characters I mean as far, I was thinking like because I remember watching Westworld with my dad like years and years ago and Crichton did direct it by the way Chris I did check oh, um, there you go I remember watching the, the, this one scene where a guy has sex with you know one of the robots for want of a better name and I was getting quite embarrassed about it because there was this sex scene. But there's, there's so much nudity in this. It's like, it, mm. I'm surprised it's not called like Wank World or something. It's, this, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> or it, would, it really wouldn't surprise me if there's like a porn parody comes out called that because there was, there was so much all, all the way through it. Um, That's the norm now, though, isn't it, really? When you think about... Um how sexed up Game of Thrones is. I mean, do you watch Game of Thrones, don't you, Chris? Yes, I'm it's, well up to date with that. Yeah, don't you it. think that the, the sex bit in Game of Thrones as is, is the, the last two series hasn't been so much shagging? It's definitely toned down. Yeah, yeah it's hmm. definitely been toned down. But then you, you look at other stars... Um, S-T-A-R-Z I think are they based in New Zealand that, that oh, yeah, company yeah, the company yeah. made um, Spartacus and uh, we went to Comic Con a few weeks back and Manu Bennett was there who played Crixus in Spartacus <laughs> and I saw him from a distance and I, I looked at him and I thought I've seen your cock lots of times and every time you saw it you <laughs> went oh hasn't he, Ooh, got, a, hasn't he got a big cock <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. He doesn't so need a sword, does he? That's he what he used to say. No, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, but um, Westworld has got that nudity in it, but I don't think that it's unnecessary. No, it's because not. Because whenever no, they're not. nude, it's it's when something's happened to them and they're a robot. But yeah. Tandy Newton, I think, along with Anthony Hopkins, is the star of that programme yeah. now. No spoilers, Chris. Yeah, no She's spoilers, in it no. more as time goes on. Yeah. Um, but Anthony uh, Hopkins is incredible in it. And I think he's the linchpin that holds it together. And that's the great thing about this series is the acting in it is brilliant. Yeah. But also when you look at the two people who wrote it, it's a win-win, isn't it? Because yeah, it's... Jonathan uh, Nolan, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Lisa yeah. Joy, his wife as well. Yeah. Uh, and she's written scripts for Mo most of them as well um but it is um and it's been green lit as well for series two mm -hmm. nice and I, I must admit I, um it's great to see a show or it's set in the in you know the wild west so to speak um it just reminds me a lot of red dead redemption you know they, yeah. uh, he admitted that it was a big influence on him yeah oh, okay yeah yeah Oh, can't wait for that to come out. I know. <laughs> this time next year, we're going, no, we can't record a, sh a show. Yeah. I'm balls deep in the corral. In Red Dead Redemption 2. 
Ja. Yeah. <laughs> 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 favourite game. So yeah, you've got a lot to look forward to there, mate. It's, it is cool. it's good. Yeah. How many episodes are there? Do you know? I don't, oh, I don't know. know. No, I've not heard how many there's going to be in this series. Like I said, we there's watched nine. But Thirteen, isn't there, normally? Mm, in, uh, thereabouts, yeah. In American series, yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, yes, I, I am enjoying it. Um, I knew from the start, I got, you know, I sometimes sit down and watch uh, movies and TV shows with Kay, uh, but I knew from what people had told me that she wouldn't get get it or like it, so mm. I just didn't bother. I started watching it on my own. <laughs> 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 Because of all Which the nudity shame. that you want to watch by yourself. Yeah, I can have yeah. my tox while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just trying to avoid it with the pizza where people are getting shot in the face. Yeah, but, you know. yeah if that happens well. unexpectedly, <laughs> just at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other TV then, mate? Any other television programmes that have been... Uh... I haven't got any TV. Um no, there's nothing that I'm really watching. I, I desperately want to watch um, Fargo Series 2 because yeah. the guy at work says how good that is. And I really enjoyed the first series. Um, have you guys watched that? Yeah, I've watched both series of Fargo. And uh, and it's good, but I don't think it was as good as the first one. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is good, but it's a bit... Oh, I, I sort of... I found myself fast-forwarding through a bit bits of it to be okay. honest yeah but, um, Billy Bob Thornton in the first one and Martin Freeman oh, as well yeah, was brilliant amazing yeah you know, his yeah. character uh, Martin Freeman's character in the first one was just an incredible transformation from going from this sort of like downtrodden sniveling <laughs> little yeah. shitbag to this yeah. <laughs> this character you, you absolutely hated really I mean I, I, you couldn't stand him because he was such a bastard but um, yeah that was a great series so I'll stick with Westworld. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, definitely stick with it. Like I say, um, maybe you maybe you'll have a different opinion to us. You know what we thought was a lull. Maybe you know it might be different for you. So it'd be interesting to hear next time we get to chat. Hmm. Well, I've got I've got three, mate. I've got three recommendations for you, and I know Tina's watched them with me, so she can also comment on these. The first one is: Did you ever watch Eastbound and Down comedy series? Oh no! But I, I remember seeing the the guys that. Oh, he's, he's like a white guy, but he's got cornrows, cornrows and stuff like Tell that. Him a bride. It, That's yeah. him. Yeah, he yes. got that in series two. We got the haircut in series two of, okay. of Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Well, they, him and the creator of that as well, um, Jody Hill, uh, along with Walton Goggins. Have done. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love well, Walter Goggins. Go. He's amazing, isn't he? <laughs> you He's have incredible. to watch, mate, and everybody listening to this. If you want to laugh, you have to watch series one of Vice Principles, which mm-hmm. which is Danny McBride who is basically he, he's the same character in everything that he's in he's really an, an obnoxious twat he's really mm. good at playing somebody that you love to hate uh, and Walton Goggins who are vice principals um, of this high school and the the principal leaves and they're both up for the job and they're, they're competing with each other and they hate each other and they both want to be the principal but somebody else comes in to be the principal so they team up together to oust this new female principal and trying to get the job for themselves. So without giving anything else away about the storyline for it, it's it's so 
politically incorrect. <laughs> you know, if, if you like your comedy like Terry and June from the 70s, you're not going to love this. Because the, the language in it, and the total bastards, the pair of them, the, you're laughing despite yourself, aren't you, Tina? You go, I can't yeah. believe they did that. But then you're going, ha, 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 they did it. And it was brilliant. So, yeah, if, if you've watched Eastbound and Down and you liked it, you've got to watch this. If you haven't liked, if you haven't watched Eastbound and Down, Go and watch that anyway, but Vice Principles, mate, you'll I'm sure you'll definitely lap this up. Oh, I've got to watch it just for Walton Goggins. I mean, yeah. p- his people who, amazing. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, he's great. I mean, people know I love the uh, Justified. So and that that he was fantastic in that. Uh, so oh yeah, I definitely want to check this one. That, he's this quite one camp in it as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, so you, you just think, think yeah. that he's gay in it, but he's married to a Korean girl, yeah. and her, her mother lives with them. And all you can hear is her going ning 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 at him all the time, and he's going back up because he's like from the south isn't he yeah. but he's so gay and camp in it but then did you have you ever watched sons of anarchy chris no i never got into that's the biker gang isn't it uh, yeah walton goggins is in i think is it series four or five and he plays a transsexual in it transsexual prostitute does he yeah and he's he's brilliant in it it's just completely believable yeah, yeah, he's great. He's he's one of those actors that you yeah. know you, you want yeah. him to be. Not that he's not uh, popular or big or anything like that, but you know he's such a great actor. Yeah, uh, he's in the he was in the Shield as well, which um, yeah he is. A, he's a bad boy in the Shield, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there you go. Ooh, yeah. that's a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah, there's one for you. Like I say, I would be very surprised if you didn't if you didn't love it, mate. <laughs> not just like it if you didn't love it. Um. You've not seen then series three of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror? No, that's it's gone to Netflix now, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I watch them when they're on Channel Four, um, and I haven't gotten round to watching these. Um, I, I, this is probably going to be the theme of the me for the show. I, no, I haven't watched it yet because well, <laughs> babies will cramp your style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's difficult to. But I, I, I love the 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 first couple of series when they're on channel four uh very dark obviously you could imagine um the first i think the first episode is about the prime minister being blackmailed to shagging a pig live on tv yeah. mm-hmm. um so yes how prophetic but, was that i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now tell me about all about it is it good is it worth a watch yeah we've loved it haven't we there's you can yeah, tell a really lot good. more money has been spent on it um, a lot more a money. Hell of a lot more. And the, the flitting between uh, episodes filmed in the UK and episodes filmed in America, very glossy. But there's something about them. I mean, this episode, this episode, this series concentrates a lot on various forms of social media and the mm. way that it's sort of just really intertwined into people's this lives. This is episode one, isn't it? Well, quite uh, a few. Not just it, episode it runs one. Through. With, a lot Charlie of them. Booker is obsessed with it, though, isn't he? Yeah. With um, the way that we react to social media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks um, at life in general, though, doesn't he? Yeah. And puts his twist on it. So you can always relate to what's happening on screen, be it you know with using social media to whatever degree or whatever else he, he wants to talk about. But then he'll put like his own unique twist on it, and normally taking it to quite a dark place <laughs> but a dark place that you can believe it going into and you're going oh fuck yeah I can picture this happening I can really picture this happening um, and it's got so big now because they've already greenlit series 4 uh, and Jodie Foster apparently is going to direct an episode of series 4 
And this is, you know, we're talking, I remember Charlie Brooker when he used to write for, um, oh, what was the PC magazine? Was it PC, was it PC World he used to write for? Or PC, he used to work or at, PC uh, Zone? He used to work at CEX, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, I, I um, read his articles on the Gu- in the Guardian or on the Guardian yeah. website. Uh, I've got I bought a couple of his books as well, and um, I do like Charlie Brooker. I must admit, mm. I like the screen wipes he does yeah, and the news wipe. Uh, he did a games wipe as well, which mm-hmm. he only did one episode of that, and I wanted him, really wished he'd done more because I thought they were they were a really good mm. you know, alternative way of looking at gaming. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well worth watching. I mean, we've loved but the one every one episode of, them. of Black Mirror. Yeah, the, the, the one episode of Black Mirror it, it was uh, set sort of in a, a dystopian future, and people had to earn credits, and it was around a, a reality TV show where people had to sing to get through. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who's the. He was sort of like the Simon Kell figure. He's a gay uh, man. Oh shit! What's his name? Roof? Not oh fucking hell! I'm gonna have to look. Um, <laughs> and it, it essentially, you know, is this this guy who, um, you know, really wanted this girl to get through, and the way that she got manipulated into almost becoming like a porn star, and 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 how you know she was degraded, and and how he f- was literally forced to watch this all. It was really fucked up, mm. you know, yeah. when you sort of think about it. But um, you know, really intriguing, you know, well-made TV show. That's some yeah. Really another one of them was um, was a a girl who killed a child, wasn't it? Mm, Do you mm. remember that one? Yeah. That was quite disturbing, but it was, again, really well acted and, you know, very re- relevant to what... I think he was just after... Is it Shannon Matthews, the little girl who, who her mother oh. hid her in the bed, hid her in one of their relatives' beds oh, yeah, yeah, and said was, she'd yeah. been... And it, he, again, Charlie Brooker had written it, before this has actually happened so that I think they held it they were going to hold it back um, but they released it anyway and it was so similar almost like um, uh, um, the the girl didn't know couldn't re- she'd had her memory wiped and she didn't remember why she was being punished by everyone who saw her and she'd killed a child um, to please her boyfriend or her husband, and that was very disturbing, but so socially relevant to you know stuff that happens today. So, um, he's a bit of a genius, Charlie Brooker, really, isn't he? Yeah, very mm. sharp. Mm. Yeah, very, very sharp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to find out who that is, though. I'm looking at list <laughs> episodes of Bloody Black Mirror now, scrolling <laughs> through them like crazy. <laughs> Can I just mention a TV series because of just talking about Black Mirror, something that's literally just finished um, last week in Britain. And it's been I don't know if other countries I think I assume they're similar to Britain where like, you know, when uh, the great British Bake Off's on, everyone is obsessed with it. And everyone that I know has been obsessed with this particular program that uh, finished on Wednesday. Uh, on BBC One called The Missing. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Have you watched any of it, Chris? I, I've heard lots of people saying how good it is. The first series of it, uh, James Nesbitt was in it. And um, the resolution to the end of that series, I think there was 
eight episodes and um, it was just astonishing. It was so good. Another BBC drama serial. This has only one common thread is that a child goes missing. In this case, it's children. Young girls are kidnapped by a man a bedophile. And the only common thread throughout them is a detective called Julian Baptiste. And the guy who plays him, he is so amazing. And I I know I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so I apologise for this. It's Techeki Kairyo, but you spell it T-C-H-E-K-Y-K-A-R-Y-O. And he's on Twitter as well. Really, uh, I think he's Turkish, French, but a Frenchman. Very sexy. Middle aged, but really sexy. Amazing actor. Couldn't tell you what else he's been. He's one of those character actors who's been in loads of things, but you don't really, you know, notice because he's so good at being that character. But um, if you get a chance to watch the last series of The Missing or the first series, both series, absolutely amazing BBC drama and gripping to the Mm. last minute I have just lapped it up and I watch a lot of telly as well but the missing's been like really great even better than The Walking Dead Oh, has that dropped off the cliff yet? Because everybody was banging on about the first episode of the series and then it's like I've heard nobody talking about Mm. it Well the Walking Dead, I'm up to date with The Walking Dead and it's quite similar to Game of Thrones where there's so many characters now and each character lives in a different place and this is happening over there, this is happening down there, this is happening 20 miles away. That each episode seems to be concentrating on, on this little group, then this little group, then this little group and it's so fragmented. But I, again, I think The Walking Dead is a really good programme and I think that they will eventually draw all the threads together to have an explosive ending. And um, they've got an amazing bad guy in Negan mm. as well, um, who, keep, who, who seems to be the one thing who's threaded through each episode, either his presence or his actual has turned, he's turned up to threaten people but I've got to admit that I I have I haven't fast forward that's the thing that I do it really annoys me I'm like oh, I'm bored of this I'm going to fast forward this bit and I haven't fast forwarded through it but um, yeah it's it's I think it's time like Game of Thrones there's only two more series of Game of Thrones left and the next series is going to be six episodes and then the one after that I think is going to be eight and that's it that's the end and I think they should now have an end in sight with The Walking Dead mm. because it's getting to be a bit like, oh, here we go, same old shit. And I love the character of Rick. and Well, all of them, really. They're all brilliant. But, um, yeah, it's time to wind it up now. They're definitely going to have to wind it up Dead. soon because f- yeah. from what I've read, the viewing figures are just, like, plummeting on it. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. The uh, last few weeks, the, the drop-off in the viewers has been mm. pretty bad. So, yeah, they're going to have to do something dramatic soon or else. They're going to have nobody mm. watching it. Yeah. It was Rupert Everett, by the way. There you go. Oh, he was. He, was, he played the Simon like Cowell him. character. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah, like I him. love Rupert Everett. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, best friend's wedding. Great film. He's in that. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very good in that. He steals the show in that film, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
uh, my other TV. We've talked about it before in the past, Chris, um, and I'm pretty sure you watched the first few episodes. Uh, the League, and we talked about about the fantasy football, the, oh, the group yes. of friends, and all that. Um, shows how long ago since we last did you know, one of these shows because <laughs> oh, no. it seems ages since I last since I watched that last episode. Because now here's a revelation. Because Tina said to me, "Don't watch the last episode without me," because yeah. you got hooked into it. Didn't you? I did. During those yeah, last few series, you got hooked yeah. into it. Yeah. It was. It was, even though it was the same people and they were just arguing about the same old shit all the time. <laughs> I, I did actually start to, because normally if Dave likes something, I think, oh, I like this because Dave likes it. And then I'll start, oh, just on purpose to be a bitch, you know, I'm not going to watch that because you like it. Because uh, And it's normally, when you know that what it's about as well, that it's about, you know, NFL. NFL and, and it, fantasy football. But it's not, yeah, but, it's not, it moved series one. I mean, I think that if I remember rightly, the, the final series was series seven, I think. It moved so far away where it only briefly referenced anything to do with the NFL, yeah. the odd appearance by a player. And you'd say to me, oh, was he an NFL player? And I'd go, yeah, and tell you who he was. Then they'd do a bit of fantasy football stuff. Um, but it was mostly just like not as extreme as vice principles but it was just like politically Juvenile. incorrect humor yeah stupid shit jokes fart jokes and all this kind of stuff yeah. people get into situations that are just ridiculous but so funny but we started watching it while we were eating at night didn't we and would that yeah. would be sort of our well we'll sit down and put that on and watch that while we're eating um but to get to that that point like i said where it, with the last episode and you said don't you don't you watch that without me <laughs> <laughs> So I think if there's going to be any recommendation for the league whatsoever, it's got to be that, that you need to start Series 1 and work your way it, through it. It's sort of like Friends, but ruder. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like the stupid brother, Taco, and the horrible... Was he a doctor or a lawyer? Ruxin. I hated him. He's a lawyer, yeah. I fucking hated him. And Kevin, <laughs> who was like the nice guy, who was married with kids, and he was married to Jenny. It's Raffi, who's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I quite liked Andre. He was the doctor, wasn't he? Yeah. And everybody hated him. Yeah, Andre Nozick, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, just out of interest, how long are the episodes for Voice Principles? Are they, is it a long... 20 minutes. Up? Yeah, about 20, 22 minutes, 23, 24 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is worth watching. It's very funny. Very Kay probably would laugh at it as well. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get that on uh, in between feeding and being s s shat on. <laughs> and puked on. Sicked on. <laughs> that's, just for that's just Kay. Yeah. In oh, really? Oh, I was going to say, in 20 years, Sophie will be all grown up going, oh, Dad, while you're in your wheelchair, should we listen to one of your old podcasts? Yeah. And then she'll be wiping my ass for a change. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll puke, on her. you'll puke on her just out of revenge, won't you? There you go. She yeah, probably stick. 20 there. years in the future, nobody will have to wipe their ass. Remember the seashells. Of I was course. just going to say the seashells. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know what that's from, then yeah. well done. Yeah. Yeah. You and win if, a prize. And if you don't, you're going to have to find out because you bloody should know it. <laughs> the, the three seashells. Yeah. <laughs> Fully enough, I'm going to talk about uh, later on, well, I'll do it now or later on, an, an ex NFL star, just to, because there's a, just to tie things in. Yeah. Um, nice. And and shit and fart jokes and <laughs> oh my god all that sort of stuff. So oh. what about lactating breasts? Any of that going on? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in the house. Uh, 
Oh, but, okay. No. I'm sure nobody wants to watch that. Well, I Chris, do. Chris, <laughs> the, the six weeks are up now, aren't they? Uh, they are. Have you, you know, managed to, like, Maybe. even a bit of a sniff of it? <laughs> a sniff of it? You know, any, any like, you know, six weeks? Well, maybe. A gentleman doesn't tell these things. <laughs> oh, he didn't, did he, Dave? No, he's just saying that. <laughs> he's doing it as he's recording, you know what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck hard, a bitch. Well, that's my, that's my TV. I'm spent on TV, if anybody's got any Ooh. other uh, TV stuff. Well, I just actually, just thought it's come to mind, I, and I, I f- kind of fell asleep through, during half of it, which isn't the best recommendation. I but say, I, that's a great I think start. you yeah. you have watched it, so I know I do want to go back to it. I was never a massive Top Gear fan, I have to say, um, but then the Grand Journey is that what Grand it's called? Tour. The Grand Tour. Grand Tour. Yeah, that's yeah. just started on Amazon, hasn't it? Yeah. I think you've watched the first episode, haven't you, Dave? We watched episode three that was released today. Uh, we watched it before we we uh, recorded now. Okay, so yeah. like I said, it's not because it was crap or, or you know, there's been a lot of buzz about this, hasn't there? You know, it's the first thing that they've done since uh, they left the BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Amazon uh, exclusive. Yeah. So, you know, there's been a load of buzz around it. And um, what I did see, and the reason why I fell asleep was because I was snuggled on the sofa with Kay, I have to say, <laughs> leading things back into the other thing. Uh <laughs> So and and I just kind of like nodded off watching it, but um, for what I did see, I quite liked it. I say I'm not a massive Top Gear fan, so but um, is it more of the same? Well, it, it seems gets, like it. It gets more. Um, it gets more outrageous. It gets more stupid. Um, it gets it gets more expensive. The amount of money that was spent on the series is outrageous. Oh. Uh, that initial scene at the beginning the first of the shot, first, yeah, it was amazing. It's you know, all the people going into the desert. Yeah. And, I mean, know. it is. It's got away. Obviously, from what it was, it's it's not a car show. It's a car. It's an entertainment <laughs> show that just happens to have a little bit of car stuff in it. That's what it is. It's it's yeah. three it's three guys that are just being stupid. And have been given a lot of money to play with, and are making the most of it, <laughs> and are including cars in whatever the way they can. Um, so if you keep that in mind, I think it's brilliant entertainment. I mean, we've been laughing at the. I mean, you were again tonight, weren't you, Tina? You were laughing when we were watching it. I ha- yeah, uh, and it looks incredible. But I have to admit, even with Top Gear, it's a sort of program that Dave will watch and not play with his phone. But I zone out of it. I sort of, my attention is there and gone and there and gone. Hmm. Um, like they were in Florence in this in this episode and I did watch the bits where they were in Italy. But the bits, you know, even though the three cars that they were, what what were the cars? An Aston Martin. Yeah, Rolls um, Royce and a Dodge. And a Dodge. So that was... It, to me, this this episode was more interesting than the last two, and also they were in Whitby as well, which looked beautiful. I love Whitby, um, but I I think it's because I'm not a petrol head. I'm I'm not really into cars. I do sort of watch it and then zone out and then watch it and then my, it doesn't hold my attention for the full hour that it's on. But I think that's a woman thing. Mm. 
Uh, you know, because I'm not into cars, so it does look good as well. I mean, this is this is one of the it increasing number of, of ones yeah. which, through the streaming services of like Netflix and Amazon and so on, which is being streamed in 4K. So if you've got the right thing to watch it on, it's a it bit eye, looking, it's a bit yeah. eye popping. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, eye candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, stick with that and try to stay awake, mate. You'll like it. I will. I'll, can I, I'll go. Can I mention one one other TV show very yeah. quickly yeah. without going on and on and on about it? Yeah. Uh, another TV show on Netflix that I've only watched the first three episodes of, and I thought that I would absolutely hate it. And in fact, it's really, really good. Um, I really love history. So anything historical, and I mean anything, I'll watch it. So when I saw uh, that Netflix had produced a programme called The Crown about our queen that's on the throne now, Elizabeth II. Who you love. I thought, yeah, I don't. I love the royal family. Not. I thought, oh, this is going to be a really, hello, I'm the queen sort of thing. And it is a great programme. Claire Foy, who plays Anne Boleyn in Wolf Hall. It's one of my favourite historical programmes. Um, she plays Elizabeth II very well. And her husband, Prince Philip, is Matt Smith, the Bloody old hell. Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh. But it's... Um, <clears throat> and John Lithgow plays Winston Churchill. Uh, it's quite sympathetic towards the royal family. There's a lot of um, intrigue in it to do with the, the king that um, abdicated and Wallace Simpson. But it is basically the royal family in the 30s to sort of, I think I, I've got as far as like the late 50s now. Um, and it's a soap opera, but it's very entertaining and looks incredible. But the costumes in it are amazing. So that's just a little, uh, a little one for all the girls out there and the boys as well. I think that's something that probably people would look at it as a inverted commas woman's program mm. but it is it's really good it's a really good series that, that i've watched so far so i will watch it to the end i think mm. i'd like that she likes yeah. all that shit yeah. all that uh, yeah. uh, p- period piece shit oh, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. watched um what was it victoria uh, yeah that was quite good as well and stuff like downton abbey and all that bollocks i hate downton abbey yeah i've never watched it it holds no interest for me no so mm. There you go. Well, let's say, let's save movies to last. Have we got any yeah. uh, any video game talk? Can I can I jump in with a quick one? Oh, of course you can. Just uh, a massive recommendation, really. I completed it the other night, um, and I'm I'm gutted that it hasn't been uh, more not popular, but you know, it, it just done better than it perhaps should have done. Uh, it's Titanfall Two. Um, oh, right. I want to hear about this. Yeah. This it's one of those that it's been out. It came out at the end of October, and it got pigeonholed in between uh, Battlefield One and then Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, the latest Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare. So it came out a week. They they came out literally one week after the other, and uh, it, it's done worse than the original Titanfall, which only came out on the Xbox One and PC. Right. And obviously this has come out on all the platforms. And that's that's really gutting because it's a fantastic game. And in the recent sales on Black Friday and even on the PlayStation Store itself, has been going for as little as 20 quid. And it's an absolute bargain for that. You know, 
know um the, the story itself i mean it's it's one of that it's a sci-fi story it's it's uh, set in the future and you are a pilot and you you can do all this wall running jumping parkour stuff um but the way that the game does it is so well handled that you feel like a friggin ninja like and you don't <laughs> with, with little effort you know literally you point you run and you point at where you want to jump and then you will run along this wall and then you can run and bounce off another wall and then you can slide and i mean i hate well, not hate, that's probably too strong, but I really didn't like uh, Mirror's Edge. I didn't get on with it. It's one of those games that people yeah, love. Yeah, I couldn't that's get on with that. First-person parkour uh, free-running game, which I found too fiddly for its own good, um, you know, because there was multiple button presses and shit you had to do. This is just literally one button, you know, you, you jump and it feels effortless, you know, and it makes you feel like, you you know, you, you are really good uh, at what you're doing. And plus, the, the, it's a first-person shooter, so the, the areas that you're running are big enough so that you can play around you can either go in all guns blazing you've got like a little kind of stealth camo thing that lasts for a few seconds so you can sneak around um but the the suppose the the you know it, it would have been a shooter uh, except that you've got these uh, this robot that you can and control like they're called titans hmm. and um the first game was predominantly a uh, more multiplayer around the basic uh, campaign which just literally introduced you to the game but that was it there was there's hardly anything whereas this is the first you know it's fully fledged campaign it's by the f- people who made the uh call of duty 4 um modern warfare so if you enjoyed that campaign and the gunplay the guns feel fantastic i have to say they, they feel really good to shoot there's some great feedback on them um the story is really involving uh the last 90 minutes of this game was some of the best video game just in terms of pure enjoyment adrenaline uh it just didn't stop the pace just didn't let up it got better and better it was really good um you know the the the, the, uh i think it's respawn the people who who make it now so yeah they left uh infinity ward who were the people that made call of duty 4 uh and now they made titanfall 2 uh, and the original titanfall um Fantastic! I haven't even touched the multiplayer yet, but it's well worth it just for the single player. Just a really fun game to play. Uh, some of the levels are absolutely incredible. Uh, you know that it's got that sort of like sense of weight and inertia mm. that you sort of like as you're running and you're jumping. I'm, I, I put it on Twitter the other night. I was, I was like, does anybody else actually physically sit up or tense in their chair when they're doing it? Because it just makes you feel like you, you know, you're actually doing these things. It's really great. Um, then the, I suppose the only thing I'll touch on it very briefly, but um, I've got PlayStation VR. Uh, people who know I, I'm not a massive VR person. I, yeah, uh, for, for two, you were, were poo pooing it for a while, weren't you? For two years at least, I've been saying, "Oh, I'm not bothered about VR." And then as times kind of like it's come around where PlayStation VR has been announced, and now it's here, and it's, it's kind of like I finally got a chance to use it at Eurogamer, and. Uh, uh, as soon as I s- sat it in the cockpit, you know, the virtual cockpit for Battlezone, <laughs> which is this tank game, um, I, it just like a, a, a switch went off in my brain. I just like, I get it. This is amazing. This is the future of video games. This wow. is, 
I can see, you know, it, it's so incredibly immersive. And I know this isn't what you want me to say, Tina, because Dave wants to go out and buy one. <laughs> but it, it is incredible just how your brain turns this switch and you are in a different place altogether. Um, there's a free Call of Duty experience um, where you are flying in a spaceship and it is absolutely amazing. Um, right, next... that's enough of that then, Chris. <laughs> yeah, keep talking, much. keep talking, don't stop. <laughs> next week they're uh, doing, they're releasing, if you've got um, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, yeah. there's, they're doing a free virtual reality thing where I think you're in an, an X-Wing uh, and you know, you're doing the Death Star run and so that's going to be a virtual reality thing. It, it is, it's mind blowing. It really is. Uh, just what, what the possibilities really. Uh, the stuff I've played, uh, just the very, you know, there's such a variety of different games, for, you know, ranging from space shooters to like puzzle games to, uh, you know, kind of uh, you, there's a Batman experience where you 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 play Batman, and you know, you, if, if you've got the move controllers to go with it as well, uh, you know, it's like you're there you're, you're putting on the cowl and you're doing things and you, you know you it, like it's just so difficult to explain uh th- these games you know unless you actually put the headset on mm-hmm. but there's there's a, 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 a it's called vr worlds uh, which you have to buy separately which is a shame because they would have been amazing as demos you know sort of like what we sports was to the Wii, we actually showed oh, it yeah, off yeah you know what i mean so there's a shark tank kind of demo where you're going down into the water and it's you know you, that's probably the, the the entry point I'd say for for somebody to try it out who's never tried VR before because you don't have to do anything just stand there, um, but you are in this tank you are in underwater and this shark's swimming all around you and as it butts the cage you you physically recoil you know it's it's there right in your face there's a, a a london heist thing where you're in a van you're speeding along this this road and you're being chased by bikes and vans and you've got a, an uzi and you, you're holding it in one hand uh, and then you're loading uh, the, the machine gun with, with the other hand you know picking up clips um and I opened the door to this van and I looked out of the door behind me. I'm kind of, and I'm doing it now. It's like, you know, I'm kind of, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm looking out the window. I'm looking behind me. And, I'm, you know, you've never done anything like that before in video games. I've, it's like I've been playing video games for 35 years and it's something I've never experienced in, in my whole life. And it's, it's mind blowing. And I really hope it catches on. I, I mean, based on the fact that you can't get hold of one for oh, little money you can't get them anywhere well you can get them like in CEX where you're going to pay like about four I think the, I looked the other day and they were 450 quid in CEX yeah, which was off. stupid um, uh, but it's it's amazing it's one of those that you do have to try it uh, so obviously when you when you come down mm-hmm. um, or if I come to you then I'll you'll get you yeah. get to try it and uh, there's some good like free stuff on there um, there's a playroom where because Everything that you're seeing on on in your heads in the headset is actually playing on the TV as well. Okay. So, and and there's like uh, these asynchronous experiences where somebody who is sat on the couch without the headset can be playing along with you as well. There's a cat and mouse game, and it's it's simple enough. But again, when you've got your like the headset on, you're playing. It's it's incredible. But one um, character, oh sorry, one player is controlling 
this mice that's trying to get the bits of cheese and stuff like that and the, the person with the headset is behind like a veil or a curtain and all you're doing is leaning forward trying to catch the mouse by looking at it and it's like it there's like little things like that there's a game called tumble which is like a jenga um uh, kind of puzzle game and again you can play that in two players so like you're trying to build your tower as quickly as possible and the other person's got access to traps and he's trying to knock it over um so it's really cool you know it, it's it's so it's amazing honestly absolutely incredible but Titanfall 2 i would recommend people get that game uh you know it's yeah, i played and finished you really have surprised me with that one yeah, it's it's kind of surprised me. I mean, it's um it's probably it's going to be in my top ten games of the year. Uh, I've finished Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and that that does all the wall running and everything else, and it, it's mm. a futuristic shooter and whatever, and it's okay, but it just it's not got the finesse um, of Titanfall. It doesn't have the same feeling, yeah. you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, very good. Wow, that's really good. Hmm. Mm. I think we should mention as well, because you talked about PSVR as well, mate. We both have been a little bit of naughty boys and upgraded both our video gaming hardware and what we watch it on as well, haven't we? <laughs> Which has changed yes. our experience. So, Which, to, to Tina and Kay's chagrin. <laughs> so do you want to go? Because <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You get, so you got PSVR. Then the, How else have you uh, enhanced your gaming experience then, mate? <laughs> Well, I, I I traded in my PlayStation 4 for mm. a Pro, which I said I got no interest in. But I said I got no interest <laughs> in PlayStation 4. I'm so fucking flaky. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's it, it's one of those, again, because it's a half-step console. You know, yeah. it's not like a PlayStation 5. Uh, it's sort of like, yeah, it's more powerful uh, in terms of its graphics processing unit um, and you know it's able to handle some games at 4k some game games at a slightly lower resolution it's supposed to have enhancements for games at 1080p so it's kind of and if even when you boot up the dashboard it doesn't look any different so mm. it's hard to get excited about it um but there are enhancements when it comes to the vr games and they do look sharper yeah because uh, I've, I've i've been playing them on the normal playstation they've been playing on the on the pro and that and that there is a, a, a definite difference in terms of the sharpness of the actual uh just the there's not that there was before but it's almost like they've smoothed it, the performance of it out completely like the you know just the actual visual performance of the the headset whereas I'm not saying that it was janky before but it just feels more of a smoother experience um and yes i've got a new 4k hd uh our capable tv <laughs> uh, not as big as yours but then it, <laughs> you know size doesn't size isn't everything so. no, no, i'm older i need to compensate more with inches so that's why but, I got, uh, that's why i got the bigger one that's i mean that's lovely as well it's always nice to have not you know new tech isn't it so yeah. i thought fuck it why not no well i did i got like you i got a new um well we had a we had a plasma tv that we've had for years so i've been looking to get any new tv for a couple of years um finally pulled the trigger on it and bought a 4k hdr um, I pulled the trigger yeah yeah when it pulled when it, the trigger yeah that, that, that's how men talk about tech <laughs> because okay. we can't have guns over here in the uk this is as close as we can get to pulling the trigger is buying it like at the fancy telly mm. um so yeah bought that nice big telly um which came with a free ps4 pro 
Mm. So, so I've obviously upgraded the normal PS4 to the Pro, and then I took advantage of um, Black Friday, got an Xbox One S, which we're going to use as... Um, after listening to you and Wayne talk on the same coin a few months ago, and his recommendation about, you know, it was a really good um, UHD Blu-ray player. Um, so I thought, well, yeah, we'll get that. It's, it's you know, a cheap um, ultra-high-def Blu-ray player. Uh, can play 3D Blu-rays as well. Plus, you get the advantage of it's, you know, a Hold games on. console Hold as well. On. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I, I think you should cut this bit out. Because you've just told the whole world that you've got a brand new telly, <laughs> a PS4 and an Xbox One. Yeah, Somebody's going to break into our house. Not with the guard dog that we've got, no way. <laughs> That's true, he is quite vicious, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, they would have their throat ripped apart in seconds. Yeah. Um, but it's because of that, because I've got like, okay, so I've got the Pro now and the Xbox One S. I've not really got sort of any gaming because I've been just like dipping into stuff and trying and seeing, oh, what does that look like? What does that look like? And then I've been, I haven't been on an Xbox because I've got the 360, so I've not done any Xbox gaming for minimum 18 months. Um, and it came with, I think it came with the code for FIFA 17. And then it came with the retail discs of Rise of the Tomb Raider and Forza Horizon 3. So I've dipped into both of those briefly, but not enough yet that, you know, I want to talk about them. Um, so really, it's just going back to a game that I talked about the last time, which is Mantis Burn Racing. Um, on the PlayStation, I've finally got to level 50 on wow. that one. Um, I'm at the... Oh, is it the... You start off... There's three levels. It's something... Oh, I should remember this. It's like... Is it amateur, pro and veteran, I think? I'm on the final level anyway. And I remember listening to Adam on the same coin he was talking about. And he said... the talk about value for money in this game <laughs> it's just incredible because there's so many races within each level um, and even though at the moment there's only really the two main environments of like sort of like the dusty canyon um, sort of setting and the, the the city setting but the way that they do it there's different tracks within those environments and then like Adam said you know you've got the mirrored and so on but because you go through, because you can upgrade your cars and then you go from like the amateur through to the next section, then the third section, and they're getting faster and you can tweak the tyres and the suspension and you're constantly bettering the times that you do um, with them, it, it adds enough variety to it. And I do know that I've read that they've got planned that there's going to be some DLC coming. Um, and also I, I shall take this uh, moment to announce that me and you, Chris, in the new year, we're going to do uh, an interview show with Fufu Studios as well. So yeah. we're going to get to chat with them as well. So that'll be really good. Because, of course, I mean, we play like Pure Pool and do all of those. They've done lots of you know, really good games. They're a great studio. So it'll be good to have a chat to them. So that, that's that been the, the, the main game that I've put my time into it, apart from just, you know, just dipping in here and there to, to little ones because it... Once you've got the new shiny, shiny, you know what it's like. Oh, I need to look at that quick and then that. And so I think over the next, you know, over this month, um, take a bit of time and settle into one or two games and uh, have a bit more to chat about in the next one. Mm. Well, I've just started a challenge um, that where basically um, there's a podcast called The Overseas Connection um, mm -hmm. and there's, an, there's a guy called Bongo the Sane that's his, his Twitter name his real name is Robin Tate uh, and he I was, I've been thinking about this for a while I must admit because 
you know what it's like. There's sort of like well, pressure as such, but you know the feeling when new games come out, and this time of year is just mental. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many games coming out that I've still got games that I've got and boards that I still haven't played. I just haven't bothered playing them. You know, and you, you end up buying them. Like um, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, you know, and I still haven't played it. I, I bought Mafia Three. I played that for an hour, you know, <laughs> and, and so it's sort of like, well, I, I'm, uh, well, it's timely, I guess, because I spent a shitload of money on like new stuff, like a TV and whatever. Uh, but I've I decided I'm not going to buy any new games for a year. I'm just going to play the games I've got. <laughs> so Ooh, bloody hell. I know. I've got a list of 30, well, it's about 34 or 5, which I've um, either started uh, and haven't finished or I've not even touched yet. So those are just going to be the ones that are going to keep me occupied. So it's like things like The Witcher, you know, um, if I concentrated on just playing the games I've got instead of fucking about buying things, Mm. playing them for 10 minutes and then, you know, losing interest or, uh, you know. Witcher never ends. I'm still, I'm still playing it. I've got to a point now where I've just played the last add-on bit, the vampire bit, mm. Blood and Wine. And then I thought, I'm going to try and do it as much as I can in it. And then I finished it then and I'll put it away. Now, I've never learned how to play Gwent. So those challenges I haven't been able to complete. Yeah, But I've been going all around the map and doing everything I can because when I was playing, you know, the main storyline and the little side quests as well, I didn't do things like find the different sets of armour. So at the moment, I'm about two-thirds of the way through finding all the different schools of armour. And even now, I was amazed, actually. I was I, I went to this old run-down cottage where I think it was... The cat school armor was some of it, and another quest started that I hadn't done a year ago, and it just never ends. It's like it's such an enormously entertaining game, and I know you could say that it's more of the same thing, but bloody hell, it's worth the money yeah. because it just doesn't stop. And I have to admit, I really enjoy playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. I so my my goal with that game was at least to finish it. Uh, I mean, I've only just literally gone to. I mean, people know this; they're not going to mean anything if they don't play the game. But I've just only literally got to Skelliger. That's after 120 hours of exploring yeah. Novigrad, um, yeah. you know, and uh, Velen, and and that's it. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, do you know what I mean? So I've only just got there, and that's opened up a whole new other world for me yeah. to explore and and my thing with that game is i if i see a question mark i just want to go and find out what's there yeah, yeah. you know so <laughs> yeah. i can see you know and, and, and next when did it come out was it february or march or somewhere so anyway that, that'll be two it'll be two years old next um mm. next year um so and, and it's it's an incredible game it's probably my it's the my favorite game of all time if i'm honest yeah i'd say i think 
actually come to think of it probably is mine as well um and i'm sure that red dead redemption 2 will take its place but i i've gone from having it from when it came out and playing it then sort of more or less completing it except for like you know the things that i was just talking about and then fallout 4 came out and i love fallout the fallout game so i started playing that completed that and then what was the first um, add-on bit? Because the last bit was Blood and Wine, the first bit. Uh, Hearts of Stone. Hearts of Stone was available for download, so I completed that. Then went back to Fallout and did Far Harbour, completed that. Then went back to... So I've literally, for the last over two years, just played Fallout and Witcher and nothing mm. else yeah. because I can't play multiple games at the same time. I can only play one game because yeah. I just get really fucked off with the controls because they're always different, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very much the same, although I am dipping in and out a few different... I'm playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate at the minute, which is very good. Um, I've just done the first sort of pro- prologue level of the latest hitman game which came out which is also very good so uh it's a good time to be a gamer there's loads of good stuff out there i've never played anything like that i always tell i think fallout and which are those sort of gate open world games are the ones that suit me like skyrim dave's just bought skyrim for me so when i finish witcher i might not start Skyrim, but complete Fallout and then start Skyrim. And by the time I finish that, it'll probably be this time next year, just in time for Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah. 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 Perfect timing. Mm. Mm. Shall we move on to movies then? Ooh. Mm. Why not? Ooh. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to blast... Oh through a few to begin with i've got i've got seven written down and believe it or not seven yeah i'm gonna be quick with quite a few of them but all all here you go chris all seven of them are documentaries fucking hell <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> not on purpose it just happened to be that way um again quite a few of them i watched with tina so we can both talk about them now i'm going to mention this first one and it's it's definitely not a recommendation, but I, there is a reason why I'm going to mention it. And it's my Scientology movie from Louis Theroux. Now, we watched this, didn't we, Tina? And we were mm. both thoroughly disappointed with it because he goes across to, to America to make this Scientology documentary with no access to the place and no... Dave. Yeah? Dave? Yes? You're dropping in. You, and I don't know if it's just me that is not hearing you. Now, can you hear me? Chris? Yes, yeah, you were just dropping in and out a little bit, that's all. Is it me? Is it me or is it Dave? Uh, it was Dave. Was that? Yeah. Okay. You, were, you went totally then, Dave, for okay, me. Then. Hold on. Shall I, do you want me to restart the call? Because that's sometimes... okay now. I think it's all right now. sound okay now. Does it sound okay now? Yeah. But you need to start from my Scientology movie. Okay, I'll go from the beginning. So the first movie I want to talk about, um, not rec- not definitely not recommendation, is my Scientology movie from Louis Theroux. Uh, me and Tina watched it because we like Louis Theroux documentaries. Yeah, he's great. He is good, but the thing is with this one, he flies to America, he's got no access to the actual place or to the 
the, the people involved with it. He's got access to specifically this one guy. Well, there's a couple who used to be, you know, in the Scientology. Um, in the building and part of, of the... I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a bloody military sort of regime, isn't it, of what mm. they do? Yeah. So he pans it out because... Um, Stretches it out. Oh, yeah. It is quite painful in a way. <laughs> it only really gets good when, quite by accident, people, the Scientologists, come across from the building and sort of go, Oi, what are you doing? And it causes a bit of conflict. But he gets—he tries to find a guy who looks like Tom Cruise, and I'll give the reason for that in a minute, which is the reason why I'm mentioning this documentary. Um, and he just tries to reenact a lot of stuff. But the, the main thing that I found really annoying with, with this um, is something that's usually... It was a good part of his earlier documentaries. He, he will question somebody, and he'll let them answer, but then instead of immediately responding to what they've said, he'll give a, a couple of beats in case they want to say something else. And then he'll carry on with his questioning. But with this, he'll ask them something and then they'll talk. And then the camera just stays on them and they're looking sort of uncomfortable and he doesn't ask them anything else. And they're looking uncomfortable. And then they think, oh, I should say something else here. And this happens so many times. Did you pick up on that, Tina, mm, when it just yeah. it goes on? You think, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I think he, it worked, his, his documentaries work when he's been over here in Britain and they've been an hour long, but a feature-length documentary with no resolution. I mean, no matter whatever documentary you're going to watch, you need a beginning, the middle and the end. And there has to be some sort of resolution. Yeah. And that that was my big problem with um, that big Netflix uh, documentary that was on. Was it? Oh, about the killer. Oh, making every, a murderer. Making a murderer, yeah. It was fantastic, the amount of uh, research that went into it and the, the interviews. And it was really in-depth. It was brilliant. But at the end of it... The end was he's still in prison. There was no revelation at the end of it. Like, we've got this evidence. We know we didn't do it. And now we're going to get him released. Mm -hmm. And it was the same with this Louis Theroux thing. It, it just sort of fretted out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. The reason I've mentioned it, though, is because if you have got any interest in Scientology, well, if you have, you've probably watched this documentary already, but watch Going Clear. 2015 mm -hmm. instead that it's by far a better documentary yeah, which is. goes back to when i mentioned about louis theroux trying to find somebody that looked like tom cruise because in going clear you see actual footage of tom cruise up on the stage with the main guy from the scientology now and it's that that is by far the better documentary um so this one this one did seem a bit pointless really and yeah bit, it was a bit of a letdown mm -hmm. um but i just did want to mention it just in case anybody hadn't seen going clear watch that um talking about documentaries that have got no real sort of resolution but was more enjoyable um from the beginning to the end despite there being no resolution there's one called queen mimi uh, about an old woman uh that this guy discovered her in a, a laundromat in the in the usa and she she literally lived in the laundromat for years and years and years um and then like any good documentary it's when it starts peeling back the layers and, and uncovering her backstory. You know, how did she end up living in a laundromat? What's she doing there? And we talked about it, didn't we, Tina? Mm. We think one of the main reasons um, that it was made, and there's some good, there's, it, it is enjoyable. I would recommend it. I would recommend it. But just be prepared to get to the end of it and go, 
oh, all right, there's no sort of real ending to it. It's because Zach Galifianakis um, had a lot to do with helping her out and raising the profile. She ended up on Hollywood Red Carpets. Um, I don't want to say too much because it's the way that it reveals little bits of her backstory is really interesting. But we did both sit there at the end, didn't we, and go... There was no real end to that, mm. <laughs> was there? Mm. Yeah. That was the disappointment with it. Yeah. Yeah. But the journey yeah. was good. There was just no real sort of destination to it, was there? Mm. And I didn't like her. You didn't know? I Everybody <laughs> loved her. All these people like, oh, she's so great. She's She was homeless. And now she lives in this laundromat. And then there's something, ab something about her. And I was like, I bet there's more to it than that. Anyway. <laughs> You know, you get that, that gut feeling about it, and I just didn't like... There was something about it I just couldn't take to. And as her backstory opened up and you found out stuff from her past, and, and she did have a hard life, but also she did some pretty shit things, like mm. where children were involved. And, um, yeah, I think that the whole documentary just got made because she was friends with Renee Zellweger, and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. It would never have got made otherwise. And all these people that loved her so much, I think uh, they were just sucking up, really, so they could get on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I just, I didn't really like her. And she looked a bit minging and old, didn't she, Dave? <laughs> and she looked like, she looked like, you know, if you sort of offered her $20 for a shag, she would have taken her false teeth out and done it. She was, how old was she, what, 84? God and she no, was wearing she... these, like, and it, it's mentioned in the documentary as well, how she's wearing these, like, little little tight pants. And and she makes a point of bending down in the laundromat so, like, oh, the God. crack of her arse is showing. Oh, you would have loved hell. her, Chris. You would have been right up there, oh. like a rat of a drain pipe. <laughs> she looks like fucking Zelda from um, <laughs> Terror Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, Dave, talk about a good documentary now. I'm getting, well, one that we watched after my interview show with John Walsh, um, we sat and watched Tory Boy the movie. Oh, that was amazing. That was so good. I mean, there is a written review up on the website of it, but you can't be watching it. It was it was so good <laughs> about how John... And, who, he, and especially if you're British as well and yeah. familiar with our court system and the way, I think, well, it's the world over now. Politics seems so fucked up the arse oh, in God, every yeah. single Marie Le Pen and God knows what's happening in Austria and Italy at the moment. But watching yeah. it, the, uh, Tory boys, especially if you're British, is very resounding, isn't it, Dave? It's, Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's one of those documentaries where it starts off going in one direction and through what John uncovers, it goes off in another direction. Yeah. And you're going, holy shit, I wasn't expecting this. But it's really, it is really entertaining. It's very, very entertaining and well worth watching, is that one? Mm. Um, well, it is as well because, because I'm really anti-conservative. I just don't like the Conservative Party or what they stand for at all. And I thought before I met John Walsh that I would be a bit like, oh, he's going to be a posh boy. I'm not going to really like him because he stood as a Conservative MP. But actually, he was really lovely. Yeah, well, we got to we got to meet him the other week at the Manchester Animation um, Festival, uh, of which we saw the, the original print 
original theatrical print of Clash of the Titans. Um, and then you it got to meet... It was amazing. I bet that was amazing. And you it wet was your amazing. pants when you met Medusa, the real Medusa, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Was, that was on a part of Kate Bush, I think, <laughs> just slightly below Kate Bush, getting to see the original um, figure that was used in Clash of the Titans of Medusa. Yeah, it was a really big thrill for me. Mm. And, you know, in the, you know, if John Walsh and, uh, was it Connor? And Connor, yeah. And Connor, ever listen to this, thank you so much, lads, for making one of my dreams come true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it was amazing. Both from the Ray Harryhausen podcast as well, which is recommended by us, of course. Yeah, very, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, Tory Boy the movie, watch that one. Um, we both of us again. We did watch uh, Into the Inferno with Werner Herzog. Do do it in Werner's you voice. Can't, I, was to, I can't. You know what? I was thinking. I knew you'd bloody say this. Do it like Werner, but you said that we are I going. I thought his voice. It's like. It's like Arnie who stoned off his tits, is his voice. Isn't <laughs> it is really? not. How dare you it say is. that? If you picture, if you thought of Arnie who was like totally stoned. He's not, no. Like... Arnie's more high pitched. Werner is German, but very calm and violent. <laughs> Just you remember, Werner Herzog went up against Klaus Kinski and won. That's true. That's oh. a real man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. And he was yeah. terrifying in Jack Reacher. Oh, as God, well. yeah. 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 It was horrible. Yeah. If Werner Herzog came to my door now and said, Dina, come away with me now and leave Dave, I'd be off. I wouldn't even pack pants. No, she'd be gone. <laughs> I would be. I yeah. love him. <laughs> I'd do anything for him. Yeah. Even that, I would do it. Yeah. And I'd I would find say you, though, thank but... you afterwards. <laughs> I'd definitely find you. There'd be this wet trail all the way where you were following him. <laughs> What do you mean, wet trail? Do you know exactly what I mean? Do you mean a dribble? You certainly bloody would. From my mouth? Well, from a few places. Yeah. (laughs) Do it in Werner's voice. This was really good, though, because he was travelling the world, wasn't he, with um, literally looking into volcanoes across the world, which was some of the imagery in it is just absolutely incredible. Oh, it was. Werner Herzog could make a film about toilets and it would be the best film ever. Yeah, I could give him something incredible to look at in a toilet if he wanted to. Oh, you almost have to spoil it, don't you? He's a terrible tonight Chris is he oh well, actually been... funnily enough I could send you some audio clips if you want because <laughs> I've, uh, I've been recording them and sending them to to Dits and Adam you've been farting and sending no. them to your other boyfriends I did it before we started recording that's so, so rude shall I forward them to you no yeah. yes <laughs> yeah then I can put them at the end of the show <laughs> Use them as intermissions between each section in the show. <laughs> yeah, go on, send them over. They can end the podcast. Oh. A 20 fart salute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that I haven't shit myself to be quite honest. Oh, oh God. Um, a couple of documentaries uh, that you'll be really interested in, Chris. Um yeah. One that's called All Work, All Play from 2015. Uh, and it's a documentary about professional video gaming. Ah, okay. Now, this is definitely a documentary. And I know you've not seen this, Tina. But it is a documentary where you need to be sort of heavily into video games to get the most out of it. Um, 
and it it concentrates on the IEM, the Intel Extreme Masters, and their tour around around the world, um, specifically focusing on League of Legends. Now, I've been to a few um, like retro gaming exhibitions and stuff around the country and they've had like um, multiplayer gaming stuff and League of Legends is always a big one that attracts like the biggest crowd I got no idea what the game's about I yeah. stood there at these places and watched it and it's just a mess to me I've, I've not got a clue what was going on now this this documentary did make it a lot more clear to me of how you play the game and if I, if I was going to watch it now I wouldn't sort of have a, a good idea of what was going on um but it's good because it goes through to like through these world championships and these teams from all across the globe competing in their own country's sort of heats and whichever team gets through to these grand finals and then it takes it through to the grand final uh, it picks up on a few different players from each team you know the, the good players and the bad players so it gives you people to cheer for but it is definitely one that if you've got no interest in video gaming well then don't bother with this but if you have yeah i found it i found it pretty good i did find it pretty good but not as good as the second video gaming documentary. Now I know, and you've wa you watched the King of Kong as well, didn't you, Tina? Oh, I think I passed out, didn't Did you, I? Did you fall asleep partway through? You know it. You know it, Chris, <laughs> don't you? And I'm sure a lot of video gamers listening to this know the King of Kong. Now, if I said to you, Chris, Nibbler, would that mean anything to you? Nibbler. Nibbler. Not from a video game, from a porno. <laughs> a porno, Jesus. <laughs> it meant nothing to me, but apparently there was an arcade game out there in the 80s called Nibbler. So there's a documentary called Man vs. Snake, uh, The Long and Twisted Tale of Nibbler. Now, Are you sure it's not a porno? <laughs> no, that would be The Man and His Snake. Man okay. vs. Snake. <laughs> And it is very much like the King of Kong in that it's all about trying to get a high score. And there's a few there's a few returning um, people in this. You've got um, Walter Day, who's the head of um, oh, Twin Galaxies. He's in it. There's also Billy Mitchell, the bad boy of the King of Kong. He makes a few appearances in this as well. But it focuses on a guy, unfortunately called Tim McVeigh, um, who wasn't... <laughs> Timothy McVeigh, he was not the Oklahoma City bomber, not that one, and they do make a point of his name in the documentary, um, who back in the early 80s set the high score on Nibbler, and it, Nibbler is basically uh, Snake, you know, where you start off with the short snake and you're catching dots and the snake gets big and you try not to bite any of your body, you clear the dots on the stage, um, cut to the next screen and on you go. But again, like the King of Kong, it replaces Billy Mitchell, who in this, surprisingly, is the good guy in it and is supporting um, Timothy McVeigh. Uh, you've got a couple of other bad guys in it. So the way that they do it throughout these years, you've got a guy over in Italy who apparently beat Tim's score, but it wasn't official. Then you've got this other bad boy over in America who did beat Tim's score. So then it goes through, and basically you're cheering for Tim all the way through and going, is he going to regain his high score that he got all those years ago. You know, it takes it to present day, basically. The thing is, you know, is he's working, he's got a wife, he gets no time off from work. Um, 
he's got no time to practice the only time he can do it is during like holiday periods he's there at Christmas he's spending like his three days off at Christmas going playing nibbler non-stop 24 7 trying to get his high score so it's would one you of those... do that Chris would I do that would you spend because you're into games so much would you like get that into a game that you would or have you ever played it non-stop uh, I, I mean I've had days off work for a specific game if it's a new game that's coming out you know just I guess um, I suppose I could spend that much time on The Witcher but practicing a game for a high score yeah. no I couldn't say I'd ever mm. do anything like that yeah, it's something entirely different isn't it it really yeah. is um, so yeah the, you know like I said that's the hook to it is he is he going to beat his high score or not and it is if you did if you love The King of Kong which I did you, you're definitely going to love Man vs Snake Ooh. it's one of those and I think it was on I'm pretty sure it was Netflix that I watched it on it's out there it's probably on a few others uh, and the final one I'll again save the best one to last and me and Tina watched it a few nights ago is Tab Hunter Confidential oh cracking <laughs> have you heard of Tab was Hunter real. Chris is this about somebody who hunts cigarette ends <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Google him Chris Google I'm going to Google Tab yeah. Hunter an actor you'll uh, recognise him yeah he also carved out a great career as um, a singer as well. What what a fantastic documentary! And again, if, you know, if you love movies, it's an essential watch, isn't it, Tina? Because we had a great Absolutely. time watching it. Yeah, yeah. He was a big star in the fifties. Mm. Um, very handsome, very man. good looking, mm. real sort of California looking, blonde, blue eyes of German descent, wasn't he, Dave? Yeah, uh, a huge heartthrob, and um, sort of went out of fashion, didn't he? And made a comeback in the late seventies with John Waters. He was mm -hmm. in a couple of his films with Divine. Uh, but I actually had no idea that he, he was gay. And he talks at length about, you know, how he had to pretend to be straight and go out with girls. And all the time he was, he had about three major relationships Big with different relationships, fellas, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. It's quite, it's quite heartbreaking, really, really the way yeah, he had to hide his yeah. sexuality. It was, it's yeah, pretty bad, yeah. yeah. Really um, frank conversations with him, though, about his career and... Yeah, it was really interesting, wasn't it? Touched mm -hmm. on AIDS as well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Rock Hudson, all the different men that eat, famous yeah. men that have tried to shag him. And, he had a yeah, relationship really, with um, Anthony Perkins. Yeah, long relationship with him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Good documentary, that very, was. Very, very good documentary, yeah. yeah. I think I've asked you this before, Dave, but you just, like, sift through documentary, you know, get to the documentary tab and just, all right, that one looks okay, that one looks okay, or do, you, do people tell you about them, or...? No, I just go through the documentary tabs, I just, yeah, and then, oh yeah, that sort of piques me interest. I mean, there's been many that I've not even mentioned on here, um, you know, over the, over this year, really, where I've watched half of it and thought, oh God, that was a bag of shit, and then turned it off. Uh, so, you know, there is good and bad out there. But mm. yeah, I'll, I'll just sit and go through the documentary tab and, you know, click on whatever seems quite interesting do you prefer them to movies i do actually yeah yeah i've, I've always preferred documentaries <laughs> um yeah that's my movie chat for me then so either of you got anything you want to recommend to everybody can I, can I rattle through a couple quickly yeah. go through it yes go on. well because um 
so staying up for night feeds and stuff like that you, you know you have stuff on in the background which is easy to go in stuff i've seen before like comfort blanket movies kind of thing yeah. so i've been going through the john claude van damme back catalog <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> starting off with um uh, uh blood sport and i always loved blood sport it was a film i used to watch with my nan <laughs> uh, believe it or not and uh and then moved on to cyborg um which i've watched loads of times now watching it again like now uh and it's only been a few years since i watched it but you know, realize that is a it's a fucking grim film it's um I don't know. It, it there's people getting crucified. There's people getting set on fire. There's a at one point. There's a bloke. He gets a, a wooden pole shoved in his gob. Um, <laughs> it's Zagman's um, favourite as well. <laughs> Come on, son, let's sit down and watch Cyborg. Yeah, she can stick your wooden pole in my gob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's all right. I still quite like it. You know, it's 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 a bit crazy. Um, Kickboxer. Um, I always preferred uh, Bloodsport over Kickboxer. I must admit, but yeah. as time's gone on, I I appreciate Kickboxer a lot more now, and I think it's it's really good. Uh, you can't beat John Claude Van Damme dancing, uh, doing his piss dancing as well, shaking his <laughs> ass. Um, Lionheart or AWOL as it's, it was called over here I love that film always makes me cry at the end um, Double Impact um, cheesy as hell but I quite like it um, and that's pretty much where I got oh no then I went on to Hard Target oh brilliant now, yeah um, and it's worth watching just for Lance Henri- Henriksen uh, yeah. now what I read about that was uh, that apparently the original cut of the film uh, I don't know if it was John Woo, but it may well have been, was more interested in the relationship between um, Lance Henriksen and his friend, uh, Arnold Vosloo. Uh, but then when Van Damme sort of saw a cut of the film and there was, wasn't much of it in him in it uh he locked himself away and and recut the movie so but yeah i mean it, you know again a bit it's a stupid film but I, I quite like it uh it's a typical john woo film you know slow-mo motorcycles um pigeons uh doves <laughs> you know pigeons, eagles. <laughs> dual wielding pistols all that shit um time cop which um I really like Time Cop and Mr. Smell as well. It's it's a again. It doesn't make a lick of sense halfway through. I think they just kind of chuck the 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 story out the window. Uh, it doesn't make loads of sense. But I, I would like Time Cop. So I just wanted to show a bit of love for Jean Claude Van Damme because uh, yeah, you know, I've been watching a few, few videos of his on YouTube and stuff like that. And obviously, he fell from grace a little bit, and he's not as popular as he once was, but. A lot of the movies that he did in the late 80s, early 90s were cracking films, you know, oh, just yeah. cracking ac- action films that you don't see much of these days. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd still need to watch more Scott Atkins. You, you mentioned Scott Atkins in your SOS movie. And he popped up in a film that I watched. I completely didn't know he was going to be in it, but I'll talk about that in a second. But then I was thinking about what other 90s films uh, did I watch and I haven't watched them for years. Um, and one of them, this is where the NFL star comes into it, starring former NFL Seattle Seahawks linebacker, whatever that means, um, Brian Bosworth. Oh, he was in a few, yeah. Blonde-haired, mm. yeah. Um, so 
I remember watching loads when I was a kid. Stone Cold. Have you seen this one? Yes. God, yeah. Uh, where he plays an undercover cop. Uh, his character's name is Joe Huff. And, um, he's on a motorbike like, a lot, isn't he? That's right. That's where. So uh, Lance Henriksen, uh, he pops up as the, the leader of the gang called Chains. And uh, it, it's it's all about this... Uh, they're like drug dealers. And they're kind of like... Um, well, they're just like... I haven't seen Sons of Anarchy, but, you know, like, they're just complete rebels, you know, untouchable, just this biker gang. They don't give a fuck. Um, And he goes undercover, and he looks absolutely ridiculous. He's got, like, this blonde mullet. Uh, He's not blonde. He's he's got dark hair, but then he's kind of, like, blonde as well. Um, He's supposed to be the next big thing. I remember seeing videos of him at the time. Uh, He's going to be the next big action star, but it never quite worked out for him, did it? Um, But, yeah, it's actually... I thought it was going to be shit because it's been years. You know what it's like when you watch a film when you're a kid and then yeah. you, you sort of like rewatch them. And um, I thought it was going to be terrible, but it's actually really, <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Um, and it, you know, it's really entertaining. It's got William Forsyth in it who plays a nutter um, biker. Your horse plays nutters, though, yeah. doesn't he? He's he's absolutely crazy. But um, yeah, is that that was a good film. I enjoyed that. Um, and then, uh, whilst we were off, I thought I'll, I'll watch some stuff with Kay, uh, you know, to see, see in, involve her a little bit. You know, I, I told you last time that we watched Sing you Street. You literally will do anything for a shag, won't you? <laughs> well, I, you know, I thought I, I thought she'd really like Sing Street and it wound me up that she didn't. But still, that's another thing that I've talked about. But so I thought, well, I'm curious about it. And, I, you know, it's it's possibly aimed more at her uh, or maybe she'll get some more out of, it, out of it than I would. But, I'll, you know, I'll give it a go. So we watched the uh, 2016 version of Ghostbusters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I know, Dave, because you mentioned this on 80s Picture House. I've caught up with all your shows now, but it was, what, it was a little while ago now. You mentioned that to Tom that you'd watched it, but you... you sort of checked out after about 40 minutes you started messing with your phone and you you weren't that bothered and uh tina you sat and watched it and i asked you during the week you know what did you think about it and i (laughs) kind of it it, there's a there's a load of shit that's been thrown at this film you know and uh, people so much so i think one of the 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 main actresses in it um left twitter because of Mm. the abuse that she got i mean you know it Oh, it was horrible. A couple of people said some really horrible, horrible things. So because she is, she is um, obviously she's black. So mm. you know they, they were racist. But the other th- things they were saying to her was about cause she's rather tall as well and quite. Well, I, I don't think she's particularly butch, but some people perceive her as that as such. And they were just like saying really. But then people are assholes, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they were racist and calling her a man, you know, so. It was, I mean, it was pretty awful, yeah. to, you know, to see all that shit happening. And, um, I mean, in, in terms of the film, I've, I, it, the weird thing is it's about about Ghostbusters. He's obviously mm. watched it a lot as a kid. Um, and it's one of those films that I really enjoy. But I can't say that I'd ever have it in my top 10 films of all time. Um, mm. I don't know how you feel about Ghostbusters. So I've got, it doesn't hold a special place in my heart i think probably yes i felt like well why are they remaking ghostbusters it's it doesn't need to be remade so there was kind of like that part of me uh but then there's the curiosity value of it you know it's like with other remakes i guess to a certain extent and 
the thing is, I mean, like Dave, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know where I stand with all this. Whether they should just not do them at all. But then I always come back to Dawn of the Dead, which you yeah. you know you and I love that film. Oh God, yeah, we do. And yeah. and then to think that they were going to remake that, it it it's sort of it was you know it, <laughs> how, how dare they? You know what I mean? I was it's fuming. like. Yeah, how dare they? But then, actually, you know, considering Zack Snyder as well, you think, well, actually, I think they made a pretty good job of it, and yeah. it, it had enough elements of the original to sort of like, it, it, I wouldn't even call it a remake. You know, it's, I wouldn't call it a, yeah. what would you, a reboot. So I don't really call it reimagining, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it, it had elements of the, you know, of the, the first film, you know, where they're held up in a mall, but then it had its own. Uh, identity as well it had its own sort of like um character um whereas with this i i didn't um hate it i've got nothing against the fact that it's women in the lead roles like i said i've got no real um uh, massive love for the first film i think it's a great film uh but you know i don't <clears throat> it's, it's one of my favorites of all time um i thought Kristen wig was probably one of the best bits in it i quite Mm. like her as an actress um i think she's quite funny she does that awkward kind of comedy quite really well um i you know i thought melissa mccarthy was probably in one of my favorite roles of hers i I thought she was actually quite good in this because that normally her characters annoy me because she's very over the top whereas this she seemed quite restrained and i don't want to say normal you know but do you know what i mean she just kind of like underplayed it sort of slightly because then you've got Kate McKinnon who plays I guess the kooky scientist kind I of I thought what. she was the best one in the film Kate McKinnon for me she trod a very fine line of being entertaining and then irritating mm. and she was very I mean there were times where I, f- I found uh, just a little bit too much uh, and then I thought Leslie Jones was fine you know it, yeah. the whole thing about the film was it was okay you know I mm. didn't hate it I didn't um, what's his name Liam uh, not Liam Hen- uh, Chris Hemsworth pops up in it. He's all right, but again, he kind of treads that line of being. He got on my nerves a little bit after a while because he does this kind of like dumb blonde shtick, like. But it's a, a guy. He's a secretary and he's an idiot. But he kind of he got on my tits a little bit after a while, like after the sort of because like, he's perfect. Well, Kay liked it because it's eye candy, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, I liked him too. <laughs> um, but the thing is about these films, and this is why I mentioned perhaps Dawn of the Dead, is that it's like. They want to be, I don't know what they want to be, whether they want to be a reboot, reimagining, or whether they want to stand on their own two feet and become their own film. Um, because they end up having elements of the original movie. Um, you know, so you've got Slimer, you've got a giant uh, ghost that stomps through New York, but it's not the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, uh, although he does pop up. Uh, you know, in it, uh, you've got, but you, you kind of know where it's going as well because you know, in the first film, they're told all along they've got these nuclear uh, packs on their their you know their backs to capture the ghosts and shoot the ghosts and stuff like that. But you never cross the streams. But in the first film, obviously, they end up doing that, you know, to capture the, the main ghost. Well, they end up doing it in this film, you know, and you. And it annoyed me as well that Bill Murray has been holding off making fucking Ghostbusters 3 
for ages. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, to the fact that obviously Harold Ramis has passed away. Uh, yeah, and Dan Aykroyd has been banging on about it for ages, saying, "Oh yeah, we've got something in the works. It's going to be great." Blah 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 blah. And then he's like, Bill Murray seems to be the one that's sort of like you know holding back on on making it. And then he ends up as a cameo in it, and it's almost like you know. Uh, it's it, I would say he's degrading himself, but it has to go a bit too far. But you end up thinking, well, what, what was the point of you appearing in this film? You know, you, the, the character you play is like you're kind of taking the piss out of yourself in some way. And I think you got a bit more integrity than that. I, I don't know. I, it just it was it, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was. It didn't make me laugh. If I'm honest with you, um, it just I just kind of felt like it's a bit pointless. And on the flip side of that, I started thinking to myself, well, when Lucy's a bit older, I will show her the original at some point. But mm-hmm. then maybe a film like this, I'm looking at it through a 40-year-old male's eyes instead of a, a I don't know, a 9, 10, 12, 13-year-old girl's eyes where they've got these female leads uh, and there's been enough you know, controversy surrounding Hollywood about you know women not getting roles and all this shit and whatever or you know good roles i guess uh and then you actually got like kind of i suppose these hero or heroic type characters you know that girls can enjoy playing like i don't know i'm not a bit conflicted on it to be honest with you i suppose bottom line is i didn't think it was funny um it was just okay you know whereas Kay enjoyed it she thought it was actually quite funny but then it got you know every time liam hems uh not liam's fucking chris hemsworth was on screen she just started drooling uh, hmm. and, there, and there was a wet patch on the sofa. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I don't know what you do think about it, Tina. You know, I'm just it's a bit meh. Uh, yeah, totally meh, but totally indifferent. I don't think it needed to be made, really. And you can bang on about how girls need positive re- me- female role models. But, you know, you just come back to that old thing again. If you're going to remake a film, make a really shit film that needs to be remade. Don't why remake Ghostbusters? Why remake because classics? It, yeah. Well, it was it was slightly different, but not that different. It was basically Ghostbusters by the numbers, and even the yeah. characters were yeah. basically the same. So it was, uh, you know, I watched it and I didn't dislike it, but I couldn't tell you how it ended. Yeah. It didn't make an impression on me whatsoever in any form. So, you know, the only bit that I can remember was Chris Hemsworth's mighty fine. Yeah, <laughs> and him dancing, having a dance number. Yeah, even that bit was a bit like, what are you doing, Chris? You're Thor. <laughs> yeah. You are Thor. Take yeah. your pants off. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, totally like, mm, yeah. But as remakes go... Just uh, out of interest, have either of you watched the trailer that popped up a couple of days ago for a remake from the 1930s? A film starring Boris Karloff. No. Oh, it's just been remade. I've been been avoiding that. (laughs) Avoiding the trailer. Uh, Starring Tom Cruise and Mm -hmm. also um, Russell Crowe. Yeah. The Mummy. Mm-mm. Have you watched it, Chris? No, I haven't. No, um, it's on IMDb. I'm tempted yeah. to watch it. I must admit, it's not that. a full trailer. It's literally um, brief glimpses of bits. But 
uh, I'm sort of, you just know that it's going to be CG heaven. And I, what, I mean, it, you, you're not going to be able to compare it to the original, you know, uh, um, what they not Warner's brother, Warner Brothers, what studio <laughs> made all Universal, Universal horror. It's, you know, it's going to be incomparable, isn't it, really? But it's, uh, you know, Tom Cruise is in it. And I, you know, despite him being a solid Scientologist, I really like Tom Cruise. I think he's really good. Uh, so that'll be one to look out for, I think. Mm. As long as it's not, you know, but again, of course, it is going to be CG heaven, isn't it? So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, shall I, I do my last film? That's yeah. all right. Uh, the other night, again, in an attempt to sort of like get watch stuff that Kay actually might like, we we watched uh, Grimsby. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God! If you tell me Kay liked that film, I will be shocked. Okay, have you watched it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> so, I, right. <laughs> Where do I start with this? So, if if Viz made a film. This yeah. probably, this would be it, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For anybody who doesn't know what Viz is, you know, for American or you know, transatlantic listeners, uh, it's a comic, an adult comic, uh, very very popular in the nineties. Would you say? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you got characters like Sid the Sexist. Um, oh, oh, is it, oh God, what are the, some of the other characters? Uh, Roger Melly on the yeah. telly. Fat slags, uh, which they did make a film of, which I've never seen. I've heard it's one of the worst films ever. It's is it? Terrible. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, it's awful. It's got Dolph, Dolph Lundgren in it. Apparently, it's quite funny from what I remember. Oh, really? oh, it's God, no. <laughs> I can't remember. It, it's Kathy Burke in it. Yeah. Who's the other woman who's in it? I'm trying to think. Is now. it Sophie Thompson? Oh God, I don't off the top of my As head. in I... Emma Thompson's sister. <laughs> I'm going to have to look. I have to look. Go on then, um, Grimsby then. So Grimsby. Um, now, the, the funny enough, there's a guy who works in our office. He's from Grimsby. So whenever anybody <laughs> says, "Oh, have you watched Grimsby?" and he's like, "No, I fucking haven't watched Grimsby." <laughs> uh, where do we go with this? So the, the, Sasha Baron Cohen, who's uh, not of sure, sort of like um, being a bit controversial, uh, known for Borat, Ali G. Uh, what was that he's done uh, the dictator oh, you know, but he has as well, made yeah. um, Bruno yeah. yeah but he has been in you know he's he's been in other films you know and he's an he can act uh, you know he's not just sort of like makes these kind of comedy characters I guess um, so you know he can do other things but you know I guess best known for doing all that kind of stuff so um, Mark Strong as well and uh, he's a spy and he's the long lost brother of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character called Nobby, who's your typical kind of like beer drinking England fan, who's um, I don't know you describe them as like being as chavy, I guess you know. And the portrayal of of um, Grimsby, even though it wasn't shot in Grimsby, from what I understand, uh, is like the stuff you see on a lot of sensationalised TV, like Benefit Street and and all that kind of stuff. You know, you've got boarded up houses, you've got kids roaming the street, you know, uh, causing problems and and all. It's it doesn't you know it's it's a very stereotypical look at. I guess a certain part of Britain. Thing is, I come from Wolverhampton, and Wolverhampton was voted once the fifth worst city in the world. In the you know, world, not even in the in, UK. Oh in the God. world, um, so that tells you something about where I come from. <laughs> um, 
so and anyway the the story goes is that they kind of like hook up after uh, years and years uh, they were separated at child you know as children and it's uh, you know chalk and cheese they they don't get on but then they inevitably find uh, something in common or at least an appreciation of one another um well if i just say from the start that the the film it's crap but i'd be lying if i said that i I didn't laugh like a drain in places at it i mean there's probably bits that you'll 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 know uh the the bit where he's got poison uh in a testicle that was a a particular highlight that i'd laugh my head off the bit where that (laughs) there somehow gets stuck inside an elephant i uh laugh my head off at that um and we both did laugh quite a lot in places but then the way the film's made and it's but it's directed by louis leterrier who did the transporter movies and he did the hulk movie and clash of the titans uh and now you see me so he's made all these really big kind of like Hollywood productions and now he's making this and a lot of the action scenes and stuff like that is really jump cut now the one I watched it the titles came up as The Brothers Grimsby because I think that's where it got changed to in America because people mm. wouldn't know what Grimsby meant so I'm thinking am I watching a different cut of the film because it's like it's so quick and jump cut and there's so much like it's almost like they have half a conversation then move on to something else really quickly and it's only like an hour and 20 minutes long so it it's not a very long film and you just think why did he make this what draw what drew him to it <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah. he's, he's sort of famous for, for making fast-paced action films um you know so what the fuck did he see in this that you know made him want to watch it or make it i should say um it's so over the top and gross in places i mean it's it's re- it really is, you know. There's, there's no two ways about it. But again, I'd be lying if I didn't, if I said I didn't laugh because I did, and I, I did find it quite funny in places. Um, but I can't, you know, I'd never watch it again. It's one of those films that you kind of watched it, and yeah, I laughed, and you think, I feel a bit dirty, you know, for watching yeah. that and laughing yeah. at it. Yeah. So I don't know. What did, what did you think about it? It's not sophisticated. It's, there's no oh, sophistication in the humour. No. It, 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 you know, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's there's nothing wrong with I like I quite like dick and fart jokes and you know people being jizzed on. <laughs> but the big ending is them both both sat on fireworks, actually sticking fireworks up their arseholes. Yeah, <laughs> being shot into the air. It's being shot into the air, and that's the that's the big finish. That's uh, yeah, it gives a a bit of an idea of what it's like. It, it many well, many years ago, I can remember uh, when Borat first came out. Dave and I went to the cinema to see it, and we we went in the day, and it was only me and Dave sitting in the cinema, <laughs> and I have never, honestly, never laughed at a film so much we in my life. We were crying with laughter. You, we? we were crying. You know near the knuckling places but is a million trillion times more sophisticated than Grimsby and I think I laughed a couple of times but I I don't know it was just it made me feel a bit like icky at the end of it and it wasn't even that it was you know because I I don't get offended but I just I just kept thinking Mark Strong what are you doing Mm. Mark Strong why even this film so I didn't really enjoy it and it's not a film that I would ever want to watch again I found it vulgar Mm. it always really vulgar yeah but but not you know like I said I don't I wasn't offended by it but I 
you know, it's one of those films I thought, well, I'm never going to get that hour and a half back. Yeah, just feel like I need a wash after, yeah. afterwards. Yeah, it was grubby. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't enjoy it, really. No. no. But there you go. That's <laughs> what I've been watching. <laughs> um, so, hmm, there you go. Well, do you want to hear what I've been watching? <laughs> go on then. We went to the cinema to see Arrival. Oh, I've heard uh, that really good things now. about this. Yeah. It's an incredible film. A uh, bit shocked, actually, that it wasn't in IMAX, that it's just 2D, because it that's the sort of film, you know, with the grand spaceships in that you think would work really well on an IMAX screen in 3D. So it was quite refreshing that it was just a 2D film mm-hmm. um, that told... Um, a layered story to explain it to people who don't know about it, haven't been to see it, would give the plot away. But I would say that it is one of those science fiction films that I think will be up there as one of the classic science fiction films because it's not really about aliens. It's about humans and how they relate to each other and how to make the most out of your life. Mm. Uh, and it was quite magical in a way, wasn't it? Do you think, Dave? Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. Really, mm. really good. Um, the other films that I've watched have been mainly to review for the website. Um, <clears throat> two that stand out for me in the last couple of weeks is um, Kez. Hands up, who knows who I haven't Kez watched is. that for years. Uh, I remember watching it at, for school. At, um, really? Yeah. Did the yeah. book? Did you? Yes, they made, for a name. <laughs> made us watch it at school. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think I mentioned that in my review. That's the big fil- problem with this particular film is that people sort of, you know, who've studied it for the GCSEs or going back their own levels, I go, I don't want to fucking watch that. I had to do that book in school. It's shit. But the the film is just so incredible. Um, it's just come out on Masters of Cinema, a uh, Blu-ray of it. And I watched it and I haven't seen it for over 20 years. And it's one of those classic films, again, that, that's just the sort of thing that I love. And I cried at the end of it. It's such a brilliant film. And I urge anyone who hasn't seen it to buy it and watch it amazing and the accents and the story is very real poor people in a poor town living with each other and what school was really like in the 70s in britain and it is as well you know i, I know it's a long time since you've seen it but if you re-watch it you probably like i was quite shocked and thought I remember that. Oh, my God, I can remember that. (laughs) So that's really good. And then I watched a film today as well that um, cult films have brought out. uh, Two films starring Sophia Loren. And I think a lot of people only think of Sophia Loren as this incredible Italian sex siren. She's very beautiful. or I think she is. What do you think of her? Well, yeah, I'd do her, definitely. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's like in her 80s now. Um, <laughs> yeah, she'd probably let you as well. Have you seen her husband? No. Carlo Ponte, yeah, little short Italian bloke he was. Looked a bit like Mussolini. Um, amazing director, though. Uh, yeah, so one of the films that I've had to review um, for AIM publicity, 
and cult films is um, probably her most famous series film called Two Women. Very hard watch. Um, Sophia Loren plays a widow uh, in Rome and it's just at the beginning of World War Two. And uh, just as the Allies come in and retake the city, she's taking her daughter to the hills to escape the atrocities of war. And um, it's a story of their journey. And her, her daughter is only 12. Um, and I hope I'm not spoiling the film. It's a very, very famous film with this very famous scene in it of Sophia and her daughter again who's 12 being raped by a gang of Moroccan soldiers and even though you don't see anything oh my god it's so powerful because the screen blacks out there's no doubt what's happening and when the screen comes back again, you see Sophia Loren lying there about 100 foot away from her daughter and their skirts are over their heads. The daughter's legs are open and she's just staring up into space because she's very religious, the little girl. And they're in a church and the Madonna is looking down at her. And even talking about it now is making me go goose pimply. So um, sounds a bit the sort of film that you wouldn't really want to watch, you know, if you want an entertaining, relaxing evening. <laughs> but different but to if Grimsby. Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> God, you can't compare them to. But again, you know, another sort of hardcore, serious film that's, if you like Sophia Loren, um, and have only seen her in fluffy roles, you really do need to see two women because it's, it was from 1960. So it's, you know, and it's an old film, but very yeah. powerful even today. Just looking now, she won an Oscar for it, apparently. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good, this version as well, because um, originally it's in Italian with subtitles. But this version that's come out now, Sophia Loren actually dubbed her own voice over in English so as I I've watched it in Italian I've also watched the English version of it as well um great film though great film mm, good oh right that brought you both down didn't it yeah. <laughs> what did you do today I watched Sophia Loren getting gang raped yeah. by a horde of Moroccan soldiers yeah. let's finish on a bit of gang rape shall we Actually, I'll, I will. I will mention that when Dave puts up the review of it, have a read of it because it's based on a true story, mm. and um, and I write a bit about uh, a lot of women during World War Two were raped, um, and there's a statue in Monte Cassino dedicated to them because not only were they raped, but the soldiers would then murder them. Mm. Yeah, and a lot, it happened to a lot of Italian women. Well, well, that's a good segue because if people <laughs> if people do want to read that review, all they have to do is to go to sixtyminuteswith.co.uk, of which there is a contact us form on there. If you want to send us an email, or you can uh, email us direct contact at sixtyminuteswith.co.uk. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. All just search for sixty minutes with. Uh, Twitter, Chris, how can they follow you? Uh, I'm at Dastardly Jabby. And Tina? 
I'm at Spanky Spangler. And I'm also yes, I, I was going to plug <laughs> I you. I have two Twitter Twitter addresses now because uh, yeah, you've got that I triple X have... one. Yeah, that yeah, triple X one. Triple X one. <laughs> Tina's Tina's teats. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've also opened a new Twitter up as well because I've started selling quite a few of my paintings now. So you can find me at Tina Art Wales. It's all one word mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Links for that, of course, will be on the podcast notes on the website. If you want to leave us an iTunes review, you can. And I have checked, and we've had two iTunes reviews this year. <gasps> what? Away. We've yeah. I haven't checked for a while. So we've had one from America and we've had one from the UK iTunes store. Uh, The one from America was left on July the 7th. Uh, The header for it is you're not going to do better than this podcast. Five stars. Um, Put by Guitar God 69. Uh, And Guitar God 69 writes, you want interesting talk? It's here. You want funny people? Here. You want good interviews? here this podcast sounds good crystal clear sound which is not the norm for podcasts genuinely nice people who you like being the fly on the wall and listening to give them a listen you will absolutely love it i do isn't that nice guitar god 69 over in america thank you thank you i I do apologize for only just noticing it now that's the bloody trouble with itunes isn't it you've got to go searching for them yeah there's no sort of like notification um that pops up and we have had one in the uk that i'm just clicking on now to read out and this was left on he says desperately clicking away on um 18th of october by gubbins one uh, the header for it is like talking with mates five stars uh, and gubbins one writes been listening to this podcast for over a year now um so so thought it only right i give a few thoughts on it a great podcast presented very informally focusing on movies games music tv and well anything really the main presenters are very open and their knowledge of their subjects is deep and yet they keep everything flowing at a great level so you don't feel out of your depth just a heads up uh, not one to listen to if you are close-minded as nothing is taboo here and it's all the be- it's all the better for it <laughs> Oh, he's talking about you there, Chris. He's not... the gang grape. Exactly. Yeah. I, think we've just proved, I think we've just proved it right, haven't we? Just finish it with a bit of gang grape. People come for the gang grape. Gang grape. <laughs> Fucking hell, famous hate. <laughs> they come for the gang grape and, uh, you know. Anything else is a bonus, really, isn't it? And with the elephants ejaculating on people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Gabins. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you to both of you for those. It's really nice. So if you if you do want to join um, both of those the gang people, grape. The gang Sorry. rape gang. <laughs> gang rape gang. Hang on a minute. I can't gang rape anyone. I haven't got a penis. Oh. You sound so that's not fair. So there's no gang. I not watch. That's not. No. If I can't join in, you're not doing it either. You could insert things into people. Like what? A chair leg. <laughs> Would you maybe put a chair leg up your bum, Chris? <laughs> well, as long as you bring some lube, you can put anything you want up there. Oh, listen, I've heard you fart. I know your bum hole is big enough for a chair leg, mate. <laughs> Without lube. Well, before we get to your crescendo of farts, Chris, to end the show, 
Yeah. Um, I did mention, <laughs> if you if you remember way back at the start, I did mention about music and I've got something to talk about. Um, we're going to listen to a song. We're going to listen to Are a we? full song. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Three Chord Money, a three-piece band over in America. Uh, one of the band members is Anthony Porter, brother of Matt Porter <gasps> from The Kiss Ooh. Room. Uh, oh, I knew you'd make a noise like that because it is on record, Tina, that you would happily be the sandwich in a Porter Brothers. The sandwich, the meat in a Porter Brothers sandwich. What are you talking about? Because are you it, just making shit up now, aren't I'm you? Not. They, they're both powerful, attractive men, as you have commented online and said, oh. I can't help it if I fancy Viking type men. Well, there you go. So we're going to listen. We're going to listen to. Um, some three chord money with Anthony Porter in. Anthony is also going to be a guest on the show in the new year as well. Um, will he have his top on or off? I will make sure it's on. Oh. Okay. <laughs> They've got a Christmas single out at the moment and it's called um, Don't Take Down That Christmas Tree Just Yet. Uh, you can get it for free. <laughs> you can get it for free if you go to threechordmoney.com. The link will be on the podcast notes on our website. Um, or you can buy it for 99 cents from CD Baby. I would advise. Give the band some money. We, you know, we like to... Uh, support indie filmmakers and bands so yeah spend some money on the music let them you know try and earn a bloody living doing this so you're now going to listen to the christmas single followed by a, there's only one way to end that as well a little bit of, of christmas flatulence from chris oh <laughs> god dear god <laughs> i have said can you fart yeah. a tune um i did once when i was in the bath when i was a kid <laughs> It was, um, I don't know how the hell I did it, but I, I did it. Really? In yeah. the bath? You weren't popping the bubbles impressed. afterwards, surely. <laughs> uh, I can still remember doing that. My mum my was in the bath, not in the bath, sorry. My mum was bathing me or, or, you know, I was I was very young at the time or quite young. What, you about uh, 15? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I can did still you go, remember. Mummy, I can fart a tune, listen. I did still... she help you with her finger? <laughs> Oh, what? Or a chair leg? <laughs> how do you how do you fart a tune, Chris? Well, you kind of do like, you clench. You we say you you let a bit go, then you you pucker up, don't you? So that pucker you pucker up. You pucker up so that you don't let it all out. I no, I just let it all all come out. Yeah, yeah. You are a bit loose though, aren't you? <laughs> well, you see, the others think I'm tight. Do they? Because it's very squeaky. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look forward to listening to this. Yeah. There um, you go. I'm art sure crescendo got... at the end of the show. <laughs> and with that, mm. <laughs> I blame my wife's chili. Oh God. <laughs> shall we? Shall we? Shall we let the listeners? You've have... all gone. Here we went. Let's. I do <laughs> apologise. I've got to apologise to Anthony. <laughs> Here we go, we're going to play a song at the end and we're just concentrating on Chris's flatulence. That's terrible. <laughs> no. You can tell he's American, though, because it's called Don't Take That Christmas Tree Down. If it was British, it'd be, fucking hell, it's fucking Christmas again. Mm. Let's, Wouldn't it? Yeah, let's, let's go rob co-op, it would be called. <laughs> <laughs> let's go and rob co-op. You, are all Christmas lights up where you are, Chris? Um, we put our Christmas, well, say we, Kay put our Christmas tree up 
on the first. So yeah, she gets she gets into it, and I, what the thing is, I've kind of I've, I've started wearing Christmas jumpers. I put a Christmas jumper on on the first as well, and um, why not? It's Christmas. Well, it's different. It's because you've got little kids, and we haven't got any kids. Have we, Dave? So we're miserable. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It only happens once a year, you know. I've I've kind of grown as I've gotten older. I've kind of got, I've, I've grown out of the oh fucking hell it's Christmas you know it's so I do enjoy it a bit more. Like you said probably because there's kids in the house. So. Yeah. Can we have a baby, Dave? Can we buy one? I think this is a good time <laughs> to best. to play the music now. <laughs> okay. I don't want this Christmas to be over. Cause we've had fun with family and friends Let's build a fire and sit a little closer Maybe this year Christmas never ends I don't want this Christmas to be Christmas never ends We got so much love We celebrated It's so much fun We're decorating I think that it's as good as it can get So don't take down that Christmas tree just yet record money and don't take down that christmas tree just yet and as i mentioned earlier on in the show i'm going to be having uh, an interview show with anthony porter in the new year so that's something for you all to look forward to lots of music chat um whether you can look forward to this bit or not maybe it might be best if you stop the podcast now because uh, it's 11 days now since we recorded and i've just editing the show getting uh, ready to put it online 
and we did promise <laughs> to play uh, Chris's flatulence for you. So, um, yeah, if you'd like to vote on uh, which one of uh, Chris's Christmas farts you prefer, there's not much uh, between them, to be honest. They're all quite similar. He seems to do uh, a triple squeaker. Seems to be his favourite form <laughs> of farting. Um, but if, if you'd like to, uh, I'll, I'll just go through them now. I've got WhatsApp in front of me. So uh, if you'd like to vote for number one, Bit of a wait on that one. Got scared, I'm, I'm sure. Possibility of some follow-through. Uh, vote for number two. The Dry Rasper. Uh, number three. Ooh, that was, like a, that was like a colon, a semicolon at the end. Uh, number four. Uh, we'll call that one Running Out of Steam. Or number five. Uh, that's one we'll call I Need to Clean My Pants now. Uh, so as always, uh, a very high-class finish to the show. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening. Apologies in the delay in getting this online. It's been quite busy. Uh, we'll try and squeeze another show uh, up online before the end of the year. Uh, if we don't, have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll be back with loads of new shows in the new year. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs>